The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. We are just shy of Monday, October 11. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Week 5 NFL Recap. And just for full disclosure, we're going earlier than normal. We are live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick6. If you want to watch, we recap Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. And if something crazy happens to the NFL... We'll break that down, too. We're doing this differently because, you know what? Mother Nature threw us East Coasters a a haymaker to the face and delayed the Bills and Chiefs game by a bunch. So, (laughs) myself, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach are going to recap the other games as Bills and Chiefs wraps up, and then we'll get to that game. Any questions? I have no questions. I have one question. Why are we doing a rain dance in the first quarter? You can't dance, and... You don't like rain, so it just oh, didn't oh, make any oh, sense. Hold on, Breach. I've actually got an addition. Oh, what's that? Oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle, and there is complete elation. I feel like uh, that's, I feel like that's going to be a theme in the podcast today. It may be. I'll try not to hit that. Uh, okay, Wilson, over under nine and a half times that I play that sound bite on this podcast. It's going to be over only because Kevin Harlan busted out the he missed, he missed on Sunday's action uh, for, I don't even remember the game because there's so many missed field goals. <laughs> it was the Chargers-Browns game. Harlan was doing the, uh, the, Chargers Browns, Browns. the Browns and Chargers game in the afternoon slate, and the Chargers were about to tie it up. They tied it up. And were about to t- no, they were going to tie it up. And it was 42 to 35. They scored a touchdown to cut it to 42 to 41. And Viscano went out to try the extra point. He had already missed one earlier in the game and he missed it. We're not talking about this game. We'll talk about this in a second, but he missed it by more than anyone I've ever seen miss an extra he point the in the net. NFL. Pick, pick, he missed the net on an extra pick point. Six, pick six podcast, diehard listeners or like, like regular listeners who are watching that game. I hope that you took as much enjoyment out of Kevin Harlan's call as I did. I, I almost fell out of my chair and rewound. I thought, I thought that I'd hit the button on my roadcaster. Cause he goes, he missed, he missed. It immediately <laughs> takes you back to every bone crushing moment and breaches 2020 season. Correct. I mean, this is what Kevin Harlan said. This is not actually what he said today, but it was the same thing. Uh, anyway, we're, this is all a big lead up to the fact that the Packers beat the Bengals 25 to 22 in mm. overtime, a fantastic, I would say a fantastic game. It was a, it was a thrilling game. There were five consecutive missed field goals. This was sort of like if, um, like a, you, you know, the movie, the Truman show with, uh, Jim Carrey where they trap him in this world. He doesn't realize he's in the world. He's being watched the entire time. It's like, they, or maybe it's Clockwork Orange. Like John Breach was an experimental person in this made-up world where he had to watch five consecutive missed field goals only 
for the end result to be Mason Crosby finally making one and the Packers beating the Bengals 25 to 22 uh, breach. So here are the last seven possessions in this game when the score was tied 22 to 22, which one is a weird score. Two, there was another game, Pats and Texans, which is also 22-22 at the same time. Missed field goal by the Packers. Missed field goal by the Bengals. Missed field goal by the Packers. Interception by Joe Burrow. Missed field goal by the Packers. Missed field goal by the Bengals. Mason Crosby makes field goal. Can you walk us through, Breach, your gamut of emotions, your gauntlet of emotions over the course of this uh, stretch? Let's forget over. Let's just talk about the end of regulation because uh, I have never been on that kind of emotional roller coaster that ended up just going off a cliff into an erupting volcano of lava. That is what my life was like. So, first of with, all, you're stealing my you're stealing my lava stuff. But that's with I, mean. oh, I love lava though. I love talking about lava. <laughs> I would start a lava podcast if I wasn't on this podcast. So, with two minutes and fourteen seconds, two minutes and twenty seconds left. The Packers sent Mason Crosby out for a 36-yard field goal. Mason Crosby has made 27 straight field goals, which was the longest active streak in the NFL. There was no, like, in my head, I'm already thinking he's going to make this. Bengals have more than two minutes. They have some timeouts. They'll get down. They'll kick a field goal. We're going to overtime. So I was thinking overtime, but 25 to 25. So when he goes wide left, I mean, I, I bolted out of my chair. I've got a text thread going with my family. That thing blew up. I thought my phone was a grenade because it was just shaking everywhere. Uh, then all this, because, you know, now the Bengals get the ball at the 26 yard line, I think. And, and you just got to go down. Their kicker's really good. So they drive down. And I'm thinking, oh my God, if Mason Crosby's streak ended, this is obviously means the Bengals are supposed to win this game. And so what happens? The Bengals drive straight down to the Packers 40 yard line, 39 yard line, 25 seconds left. And they're trying a 57 yard field goal. And uh, you know, like you never want to see with 25 seconds left. I, I thought it was a little dicey because if he misses, then Aaron Rodgers only has to go like 15 yards to get his team in field goal range for another Crosby try. So, but I'm like, you know what? McPherson's got such a strong leg. He's going to hit this. He's going to hit this. He's going to hit this. And you know what he did? He hit the upright. He didn't hit this. And it was a great kick. He he nailed it. I can't believe uh, he missed. Uh, uh, not to interrupt you, but you're sort of bearing the lead on that specific miss. What, what happened? Would he hit the upright? He didn't hit the upright. That's what the I said. No, 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 no. That's no. later. Brenton, That's come later. On, was the next Who's one? the Bengals fan that was watching the game? It was yeah, me. let him tell the story. Trust me. Yes, go ahead, that go ahead. was the one that hit the upright. And it, oh, that was the big doink on the right side. Oh, uh, yeah. If yeah. he had been like 56 yards, 56 and a half yards instead of 57, it would have hit the upright and probably slid in. Breach, because, he could have been 60 yards farther to the left when he kicked it and it still would have gone through because he hit it pretty far up the upright. Oh, he nailed it. And, and then so at that I point, he misses it. I feel good that Evan McPherson's a great kicker. He's got a big leg. Oh, huge. And and you know, he's done so. He's at game-winning kicks already this season. And so after he missed that, I, I resigned my fact or I resigned myself to the fact that the game was over. The Packers were going to win because they got the ball at their own 47. They literally only need to get a few yards to get in field goal range. It's Aaron Rodgers. We saw what he did against the 49ers with 37 seconds and no timeouts. Uh, and now he only has to go 15 or 20 yards to get in field goal range. He does it. And I'm literally like head down. Yeah, it's a good game. They lost by three. No way. Mason Crosby's he had a 51 yard game winner against the 49ers. This one's from 51 and he misses this wide left. And at this point, this game is literally like, if I had won the lottery, but then found out that I actually didn't win because I was one number off, 
And then actually someone, my neighbor dropped a gun and, and it shot me in the leg. That is like all the emotion I went through in this period at the end of regulation. And then I'll just fly through overtime real quick. Again, I thought they were going to lose after the ju- just, just, just so on the record. That was the worst analogy of all time. Or the best right. analogy. It's a lot of emotions. You're, I didn't hate it. You win the lottery. You're, you're, lottery you're high. But then the, I got accidentally shot in the leg. Yeah, and then the day ends with you getting a gunshot. I mean, that's a horrible yeah, but this day. Is only, this is breached halfway through his day. It's going to get worse. <laughs> it's yeah. not even over. And so, and so then the third quarter of Jets and Falcons in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So now we're in overtime, and Joe Burrow throws the, probably the ugliest interception Joe Burrow's ever thrown, and he's got to stop making those dumb passes. And after he threw that, I mean, this was just a horrible, horrible interception. The Packers took over at the Bengals 17 yard line. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, game over. This is it again. Text thread, like, oh, this was great. This was awesome. At least they played close to the Packers. And then somehow Mason Crosby misses a 40 yard field goal. And so now, total elation. Uh, my kid is napping. I'm like, trying not to wake her up. This was just total chaos. Um, it's almost worse that Mason Crosby's missing these chippies because you're thinking we're destined to win this game, and then the Bengals keep blowing every opportunity to win it. There were multiple fourth downs that could have, like, I mean, McPherson has his big leg, but if Zach Taylor had any um, uh, fortitude, intestinal fortitude, like fourth and one with a 49 yarder, just get the first down, get 10 yards closer, win the game, bro. Well, and he usually does go for it on fourth down. It's funny because Zach Taylor has been such an aggressive coach for the past few weeks. Like he's been reading all the reviews about him. He <laughs> stepped up his aggressiveness. And yeah, then he's, 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 he's fake riverboat Ron. Threw he it. Get fired, so he's well, he threw it out the window in overtime. So after the Crosby miss, now the Bengals have the ball back for the second time in overtime. They have third and two at their own 38. That's when uh, Burrow makes that crazy throw to Jamar Chase that Chase catches on the sideline. 21-yard gain down to the Packers 41-yard line. First in 10 at the 41 yard line. If you're the Bengals after all these missed field goals, why are you even thinking about a field goal? You think let's score a touchdown. Let's end this game. Uh, no, you know what happens on first and 10 from the Packers 41 yard line. Uh, they go run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, kick a 49 yard field goal. Didn't even try to like throw to get it closer. Anything. They gave it to Joe Mixon three times, which would be fine if Joe Mixon was hundred percent healthy, but he went to the game with a hobbled ankle uh, was basically on a snap count. And now, you know, put the ball in Joe Burrow's hand, let him try and get you 10 or 15 yards. He didn't, they did three carries and kicked a field goal and McPherson. I mean, it hit the flag. I need to watch a replay of it. And then obviously don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. Obviously did- he missed. No, what happened when he missed? It hit no. the flag. No, Hold on. what happened? What did Evan McPherson do after he Hold missed? Hold on, just to be clear, hit. Evan McPherson did this before the ball hit the flag. This was like a like a, if you watch if you watch re- replay before the ball hits the flag, he is doing what breach? He is celebrating, and that is because ninety nine point helmets. He's losing his ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. A kicker can tell as soon as they hit it if it's going in. And even if you watch, so if a ball goes over the upright, it's supposed to be good. And so you're, you're banking on 80 year old men trying to figure something out. With that is true. Yeah. Absolutely true. And so I think McPherson celebrating and he never really slowed down until the ref said it was no, like even when he saw the ball go over the upright, he didn't see the ball go over the upright. Cause he was celebrating. I have to before it got there. The team was also celebrating the, the Bengals celebrated until the ref swung their arms. No good. Uh, he was celebrating. Mid on, he thought it was good. Was okay, it, he, right, so two two points of context on the on this the celebration of the missed kicks. One, this was the weirdest kicking day ever. 
Yeah. There, there were like, there were the first four, uh, first, is it first three or four kicks in Texans Pats were missed extra points? It was definitely first three. I'm not sure if they missed the fourth one. I'll give you the exact numbers when we get to my losers. I, well, how many, how many extra points were missed on, on 12? 12, 12 extra points. And it, it was like, it was basically like a, um, was by the way, that yeah. ties the NFL research tweet. So that ties week 11, 2016 for the most missed PATs across the league in a single week in Super Bowl era. And as Breach probably knows, I had to look it up because I didn't want to put him on the spot. 2015 was a year when they moved the PATs back to make them 33 yarders. 12 is a ton. And they were missing them every which way. There was one in the morning game. And it was sort of like you knew there was going to be some weird kicking shenanigans. Now, I will say in Cincy Green Bay, like Mason Crosby had a, at least one and maybe two kicks where he hit him straight and this cross breeze just sort of caught it and it yanked it left. And I feel like the same thing happened with McPherson. Is that fair breach? Uh, it, it, no, it was definitely the win, but McPherson. Well, that's what I'm saying. The win. I'm saying like they were good kicks and just win just caught him and whipped him left or something. Right. If there was no win, both of McPherson's kicks go in, but I don't think the same can be said for Crosby. So there's well, like, a, there was, there was a hundred percent one of Crosby's that was straight and all of a sudden just yanked left, like out of nowhere. Right. But he also had, pro I think two of the three were not great kicks. I think some of that is Mason Crosby foot English. And like when, how many years ago did he? Start having the yips because there was a time. A yip year for sure. Well, that was 2018 against the Lions when he missed like four kicks in that game. And then, but I mean, he was on a streak of 27 in a row, which was the longest streak in the NFL. So we kind of put it behind him. Um, he was well, just, wait, but in, in 2018, he was, right? 2018, he missed four kicks against the I mean, Lions. Before the, he missed the kicks, he was on the streak, right? No, no, he was on the streak now. No, he was on like a 36 plus streak. It was 27. All right. I'm not going to take any time to research that but i'm sure you're wrong <laughs> uh at any rate I, i'm sad the Bengals lost because i had the Bengals outright you did not john Just i quick. had the Bengals losing by three and they lost by three yep. well i did too um jamar chase is unbelievable you're the Bengals winning by three princeton that's, that's fine jamar chase is unreal that guy the, all that preseason nonsense was a waste of our time he's incredible he, yeah no he, he without question and yeah. the only issue I have, not with Jamar Chase, because he is, as you know, better than advertised as a top five pick. That's certainly saying something. Uh, my only issue is with Kevin King on the long interception he had. Kevin King did his best to, like, swipe at the ball and, and do it by missing it. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, the cornerback for the Packers. He should have, That should have been a pass breakup. The ball was ever so slightly underthrown. But whatever, uh, Jamar Chase still had the, the focus to catch it, turn and run. Made that fantastic catch that Breach mentioned on one, one of the late drives that could have set up the game winner. Uh, the only thing that outshone J Jamar Chase uh, was Devontae Adams. Oh, Devontae Adams is a monster. All right, so here's – I think that there is a really good – I think that this is the case. And I'm trying to think of if I'm sleeping on somebody that I – somebody obvious. But so Trevor Lawrence has been fine. Trey Lance, fine. Justin Fields, fine. Mac Jones, fine. Zach Wilson, fine. Mac right? Jones, Mac Jones is slightly better than fine compared to that crew. Okay, fine. Mac Jones, <laughs> fine. Above fine. <laughs> Above. But the point being is that the the five quarterbacks who were the prohibitive favorites to win offensive rookie of the year coming into the season are have, 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 nobody's blown you away yet. Now, a lot of season left, but nobody's blown you away yet. 
You know, it's blown me away, Jamar Chase. And he was getting crushed in the preseason. Bengals fans and critics of people who love Panay Sewell were melting down, saying, he, oh, you should have drafted Panay Sewell. It's a huge mistake. Jamar Chase doesn't even know what size of NFL football is. He is like a, he's a top 15 NFL receiver right now. Yeah, but the reason that people were coming down on him is because he dropped every pass thrown to him, and he said, in, I... In, in what games? Him, the, but you're saying it during preseason. But those don't matter. But when someone can't What's catch now, but here's the thing. If Joe Burrow had thrown eight passes in the preseason, they're all interceptions. We would be concerned. Of course we were worried about Joe Burrow too. Jamar Chase plummeted in fantasy drafts because people were worried about Joe Burrow. You have to go on now. He's been awesome. And the, the comments he made were sort of crazy comments. So, I mean, I, I get it. It's not like a, I don't think it's, it's not like me saying that Justin Herbert's garbage coming out of college when he actually ends up being really good. So Herbert beat out uh, Justin Jefferson for offensive rookie of the year, which is totally fine. Herbert was amazing. Uh, none of these quarterbacks have done what Herbert did. Last year, we are very good friend, Josh Edwards, the best of CBS Sports, of course. He says that Jefferson threw five games last year, 19 catches, 371 yards, one touchdown. Jamar Chase, 23 catches, 456 yards, five touchdowns. This guy's an animal, man. I don't disagree. He was awesome at LSU. I mean, he yeah, ran so a four uh, three. Yeah, he took a year off, had to figure out how to catch an NFL football. He is, would you try to think of the receivers you would trade for him? Did you take, Remember, Justin, did you take Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Breach would take Chase, obviously, because he's a homer. Yeah, I would take Chase. I would probably take Jefferson, but it's pretty close. It's really close. And they play on the same football. team with Joe Burrow. Think about that. I mean, Chase is so explosive. Oh, <laughs> he's big, but he's not even like, like, like physically, he's not even that big, but he is. He he's looks, six feet, right. He's not six he four. Correct. Right. He's thick. He's not. It's like, it's like Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is not big, but he plays big. That matters as a receiver. Uh, the crazy thing is how much production Chase has provided for the, ba- you know, like obviously 159 yards today. There was another Bengals receiver over 35 yards. Higgins, it was literally the Jamar Chase show. I had a, I had a Joe Burrow DraftKings stack with Higgins and Boyd. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, Brinson. That's mm. right. I had one that got a little frisky in the Millie maker with uh, Chase and, and a couple other guys. And Geno Smith. No, it was a uh, Dak, Kadarius, Tony and uh, CD lamb and uh, Cooper and Chase. By the way, if Prince ever wins the millionaire maker, that will be the day he doesn't show up for the show, so you'll know he won. Well, no, 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 I will. Oh, no, I'll show up early for the show. <laughs> for the first I'll, time ever. I'll, yeah. I'll be, yeah, exactly. I'll be peacocking. Yeah. Um, really quickly, if I can find it here on – I almost got it right here, yeah. the This easily navigable site, uh, they've taken off Offensive Rookie of the Year. What would you make Jamar Chase Offensive Rookie of the Year right now? Like plus 150? I I think that's probably a a good number, but I bet it's like three to one because of the quarterbacks, and I think it's a good bet. Yeah, he. I mean, he's definitely. I think breach is closer. None of these quarterbacks are winning it. No, but I say they won't make the line short. They won't make the line that short because then you have to make the quarterback lines like three to one or four to one, and they're worried they'll get burned on that end because quarterback they get, they get oh, burned on that end. Um, obviously, <laughs> we're not talking about the Bills Chiefs game, but. Hypothetically speaking, there is a torrential downpour happening in Kansas City right now. So anyway, Jamar Chase, if you can find him, I would say better than plus 250. 
to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, bet that. He is an animal. As long as Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt, he's going to put up huge stats. Don't jinx it, Brenton. He's in the hospital. Hit throat contusion. So he's got, he got, a, got a little boo-boo in his throat. I had two throat contusions on Sunday, which is sort of okay. weird since I'd never heard of throat contusions until till Sunday. Breach, how are you feeling uh, after that loss in terms of where the Bengals stand after five games? They're three and two. The Ravens play on Monday night, so they're in second place in the division. Uh, I am thrilled. I was hoping that game would be close. It, like It's a good measuring sit game for the Bengals. They could have won it. They maybe should have won it, but they didn't. They definitely should have won it. But if you look at like their upcoming schedule, you know, they play the Lions and the Jets in two of their next three games. You feel really good about those. And now it doesn't sound so crazy to think that maybe they could upset the Ravens. So the, a lot of their games on their schedule that maybe didn't seem winnable uh, before now do seem winnable because they're playing well against good teams. Their defense is, is really, really good. Um, where I am sort of not a lot concerned, and you mentioned this during the game, we haven't talked about Joe Burrow cleaning his own clock when he ran the ball and didn't slide five yards short of the sticks and got his he's head. Got driven to the- he's got a lot of Carson Wentz in him. What Got to slide. So that's somewhat concerning because he's tough. I get all that, but it doesn't make sense that Carson Wentz it up as Brinson notes. And also, those were the first interception wasn't great either. The, he threw one down the sidelines on the run. If he had Justin Herbert's arm, it's probably uh, more likely to be completed. Either way, throw it out of bounds. And then the second interception was a miscommunication and just an absolute disaster first play of the overtime. Where are you on Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, he's been making some throws that you expect from a second-year quarterback, but you can't have those. You know, you can't throw dumb interceptions. Uh, you know, the Packers got a quick field goal after the first one, and when you lose by three points, that's kind of a big deal. And, <laughs> you know, especially when his first interception happened on their first possession of the second half, you're down 16-14. If you just go drive down the field and get a field goal, all of a sudden, you're ahead. And, you know, this is a game where the Bengals never had the lead, so getting – that kind of just just being leading the Packers in the second half is something that kind of mentally puts you over, but you know they never got there because they're making dumb mistakes. The Bengals, Bengals. All right, all right, we're not going to talk about the game that's happening, but I mean, goodness gracious, don't that's, don't stop it. All right, all right keep, we're keep going. Let's move to the next game. Packers have won the division. That division's done. Move division, over. Division. The the. Uh, are we? I hope the Vikings are next, so we can. No, Chargers Browns next. Oh, I love that game. My goodness, that was that game was drunk as hell. I think Kevin Harlan might have said this game is drunk. You know what that game is for me, and you can get the score in a second. But I, just quickly, I was watching this thing. This Chargers, is what forty-seven Browns forty-two. This is what the NFL is supposed to look like when you have two brainiacs going against each other. And you mentioned haymakers to start the game to start the podcast, just punching each other in the face. No one's going down. Right, it right. was awesome to watch. Okay, so Wilson, I have a question for you. When does the backlash against Brandon Staley being like a Twitter favorite start? Because it's going to have like people are yeah. going to be like, I mean, everyone knows these things. Everyone knows that like disruption is production. Well, you no one said it before. How come no one said it before if it's so obvious? That's, that's my thing. People, people were so I tweeted out a, a video of him saying, look, we don't really worry about sacks. We worry about pressures and quarterback hits. And we want to worry about things that are consistent because over the long, he, he's not expressing some crazy wild view what he's doing is articulating in a reasonable fashion what everyone who watches football thinks and wants coaches to think they want, the they diff- want here's the difference like everyone this is common knowledge just like when to go for it on fourth down according he's to the galaxy brain sean mcveigh it's amazing well like when go when to go for it on the chart is common knowledge the difference is these guys who aren't brain and staley and kevin stefanski sort of wimp out when the rubber meets the road. Like when, when you know, they're 
Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury are not analytically inclined. Well, and the other part of that is though sometimes these coaches wimp out because it bit them in the butt before. Uh, well, guess what? Brandon Saley doesn't get bitten in the butt because they come through on all these fourth downs against the Browns. They went three for three on fourth down. So if it works for you every time, you're never going to second. You're just going to do it. I don't care if I'm on my own 40 or my own 30. If it's fourth and anything under five or eight, whatever, I'm going for it. No and matter so, where they're on the field, it doesn't matter. One thing I will say in defense of the conservative. Say, if he fails like four times in a row at some point, maybe he'll start to uh, soften his stance. Yeah, I, it, I don't think he will. I think. I think he is so supremely motivated and prepared that <laughs> that he sorry, Debo put up a funny question in youtube.com slash pick six. I didn't Staley is Staley is a he is defensive Sean McVay with an actual understanding of the analytical approach to how to improve your in-game management and play calling and to improve your win percentage when you were a, a professional football coach, it is, it, it's, it's crazy to watch. I mean, he's just, it's, it's awesome it's, to it's, watch. It's awesome to watch. Stefanski's, you're not yelling at the television. Yeah. He's like, there's no like debate. Like, Oh, maybe we should go and like huddling up. It's like, no, no, no this is a very clear cut go situation. Let's go. The only reason here's the only time I yelled at the television was when Austin Eckler was sort of dancing around the one yard line. He wanted to go down and the Browns were so smart that they dragged him into the end zone at the end of the game to sort of yeah. set up an opportunity for the Browns to come back. But I will say it one was thing like, quickly. It was like two nerds dancing off or something. Yeah, it was two nerds with all the girls at the at the eighth grade dance standing on the sidelines and they're having a nerd off dance. We're like, like, dude, like what, uh, what's the Carlton? Yeah. yeah, the Carlton. Reach, Reach, you probably know the Carlton, right? I can't ask Wilson. Hey, Wilson, you know the Carlton? <laughs> I, I do know the Carlton. That, there it is, Breach. Breach got the head, head shake. Hey, if this is the Browns from Hugh Jackson, you know, oh. they're down 41 to seven and they're pushing the other guy in because they're, they're, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, but no, this was such a smart defensive play so, on their part there. Terrell Darrell, uh, yeah. quickly, Terrell Darrell in the comments. Yeah. YouTube makes a great point. Chargers GM should be getting some love too. So as should Andrew Barry, the, the Browns GM. So because here's the thing. If you Tom don't Telesco, have, by the way, Tom yes. Telesco for, for Los Angeles, if you don't have Ironically, Justin, by the way, Tom Telesco, you know, his mentor is right. If you don't have Justin Herbert on your team, and if you don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as the running backs of your team, as Breach noted earlier, you're going to be a little more apprehensive about going forward on fourth down. So I think that helps inform their decisions. If you got Ben Roethlisberger back there, you might be less inclined to do so. Who is Tom Telesco's mentor, Brinson? Well, I was asking y'all. I know who it is. Uh, Philip Rivers would be my guess. No, that's Philip Rivers is a quarterback, not a former GM. Yeah, you guys know. Do you guys know? Who, it's it's. I, I find it kind of humorous. It's Bill Polian, who's not analytically inclined at all. But Telesco doesn't like swapping around on the draft board. He likes sitting where he is, and he he doesn't really talk about who he wants to take. He didn't make any noise about Bosa being their guy when they took him. I believe it was uh, third. Because they were worried that somebody was going to jump them and take Bosa. The two, the next year, Mike Williams' first round pick, Derwin James the year after that, mm. Jerry Tillery who's playing pretty good football this year, Justin Herbert, and then Rashawn Slater. Holy crap! What a run of first round picks! By the way, Rashawn Slater, Rashawn Slater told the running backs after Sunday's during Sunday's That's game to, to quit helping with chip blocks on Miles Garrett because he would rather manhandle him one-on-one. -on -one. And Mitchell Schwartz, who used to play for the Chiefs, actually tweeted that he sometimes that doesn't help you as a tackle when that happens. But just to hear Rashawn Slater as a rookie say that is pretty impressive. Slater's a man-child. He, um, he stoned Chase Young at, uh, when Northwestern versus Ohio State and then again 
Chargers versus Washington. He's a beast. And, and then you look at the second round picks too for him. Kenneth Murray, or no, Kenneth Murray is a second, first round pick. Yeah, trade for him. Daniel Jr., Josh Palmer looks good. Sorry, I got distracted. Josh Palmer's a third rounder. No, I'm just, saying, I'm just listing later round picks. Oh, okay. Um, well, Farce Lamp, fine. Dan Feeney. Dan, Dan Feeney, friend of the podcast. Hunter Henry now in New England, but second round pick. Anyway, yes, Tom Telesco has done a good job building this roster. And so is Andrew Barry, to Wilson's point. These are, I think, the Chargers and the Browns, two of the more um, bad luck franchises over the last 20 years have stable organizational functions and are starting to build towards success. And uh, that game, the game was drunk and it was fun to watch. Yeah, there was not a lot of defense, obviously, by the score, but you look at the the stat sheet and Joku had his longest catch was 71 yards. That was for a touchdown. Donovan Peoples Jones had a 42 yard. Then you look on the, on the Charger side, Mike Williams, a 72 yard, Keenan Allen, 37, uh, Guyton, 21, Parham, 22. He scored a touchdown. Jared Cook, 29. So, uh, defense wasn't there, but the offense, there were no turnovers in this game either, Breach. Mm. Yes, it's funny you mentioned that because the Browns are the first team in NFL history to score 40 or more points and not turn the ball over a single time and lose the game. In Super Bowl era, teams had been 401 and 0. <laughs> 400. 401 and 0? 401. 401 and 0. Yeah, I was saying 401 and 0. And 0, yes. That's insane. Until yeah, I, now. There's also like a variation of that set where they're the only team ever to have a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, score 40 points and lose the game, which look, 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 the Browns' two losses this year, tough luck, Pistons-Jordan lost to the, the Chiefs early, and this loss, this crazy shootout against the Chargers. The Browns are legit. Chargers are legit. What do you make it a face for, Because I, I just want to say one thing about how the no, end of the game with two games. Go ahead. The end of the game went down for the Browns. It, it was just like a disastrous fight. They had 90 seconds and they were uh, like Dinkin and Duncan. They didn't have any timeouts. And, you know, Baker's out there throwing five. He threw a six yard pass, three yard pass, a two yard pass, all while the clock was still running. And then they get down to their 46 yard line and they run. Uh, four straight plays from the 46 yard line and go deep on every single one. What do you do it? You know, like get closer. Get, get if, closer. You throw, if you throw a 10 yard pass, you don't have to throw a 54 yard Hail Mary. Now you'll need a 44 yard Hail Mary. By the way, the uh, get closer, that's at the very top of Freddie Kitch's play sheet. <laughs> Number one, get closer. Well, you know what? Maybe for uh, the final minute of the games, Kevin Stefanski needs to borrow that play sheet because it, it was just. The the Browns were so smart in offense this whole game that this was just shocking to see such a mismanaged final. You know, it was 90 seconds. Not like they had 30 seconds and no timeouts. They had 90 seconds to go get down and score a touchdown. Yeah, and, and the Browns close. fans were, that's the 90 seconds they were least happy about because everything prior to that was pretty much boilerplate analytics. Well, they were also upset about a pass interference call. Right. I mean, in terms of what the the way Stefanski called the game. It was just a crazy game. It was a crazy game between two up-and-coming AFC teams. It was fun as hell to watch. 80-plus points. Kevin Harlan's calling it. Everyone's losing their mind. Fun fact. The final score is 47-42. to Only the second time that's ever happened in NFL history. I thought it was going to be Scorgani. The only other time was last year between the Browns and Ravens. Another fun fact. Oh, a Monday night with Lamar Jackson pooping. Yep. The Browns have been involved in the only two 47-42 games in NFL history. Uh, Here's another fun fact. Hold on. Before you leave this game, 
<laughs> I need to get this in. Can, can you guys remind me? Who drags this podcast out? Can you guys remind me who predicted before the season that Justin Herbert is going to win MVP, which also means he has to win the division? Breach, I'll let you go first. Um, <laughs> now we can go to your fun fact. Now the dunk works because they're actually in first. Ryan tried to use that last fun week when they won. Guys, we're going to take a break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Vikings 19, Lions 17. This one... The microwave? What? Who is the microwave? I can't remember his name. Vinny Johnson? Yes! Got it. There you go. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I don't know that I can keep watching this happen to the Lions. They forced a fumble off Alexander Madison. 37 seconds to go, I believe. Oh, yeah. Vikings are running out of the clock, being hyper-conservative, going to punt it, play defense. And also, wait, the Lions were down 16-6 to six Yeah, it's with, over. with two minutes and 35 seconds left in this game. Correct. It's over. Like, the game was never in question. They force this fumble. They score a touchdown. They're going to tie it up with an extra point. But then Dan Campbell, who is my new, well, behind Brandon Staley, my new number two <laughs> NFL uh, coaching. Who does partner. number two work for? Who does number two work for? You're Mike McCarthy if you're making Austin Powers references. Um, Ooh. Ouch, you fat bastard. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> anywho. They go for two, which is gigantic huevos on the road. Don't have a, like, need this. We need this for our team. We need this for our morale. And they go for two and they get it. And somehow Kirk freaking vanilla, vanilla wafer cousins (laughs) and manages to set up a field goal that the Vikings hit to win the game. Do you want to hear the Dan, what Dan Campbell had to say afterwards? Because it is, it's tough. It's tough. I'm gonna to get see. emotional listening to it. I can't listen. Right, let's, let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. When you uh, when you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So, um, but we'll be better for it. You know, and there again, credit Minnesota, but. Um, you know, we we made the one mistake that cost us. You know, and uh, and so ultimately, you know, it uh, we didn't we didn't do enough to win. But I was proud of them, and I love the fight they have in them, and I love the grit. The Vikings, I mean, excuse me, the Lions 
are the first team. Uh, sorry to see your stat breach, but the mm. first team in NFL history to lose on a field goal of 50 plus yards as time expires twice in one season. And the one before, as everyone knows, was the Justin Tucker, the 66 or 65? 66. 66 hits the crossbar and flips up in. This is the football gods are being unnecessarily a holes. And, and let me just put that Grace, perspective. Before you go, let me let me point this out quickly because this is about you, and then you can speak. Uh, at 3:43 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, Breach says in our little chat, "How is this Lions comeback happening? Big day for cat teams." So we know how to end for the Lions. He was referring to the Bengals, who were tied 22-22 at the time. And also at that time, the Jaguars are down 400 points. Go ahead, Breach. And also, uh, the the, the Panthers were leading. So I I think I started a cat collapse because they all (laughs) lost. If you would have parlayed that all the cat teams were going to lose. The Packers beat the Bengals. (laughs) The the Lions ended up losing. And the thing was, the Lions weren't even winning at that point. Madison had just fumbled. And so they were still down 16-9. But I was like, oh, my God, they might do this. And Jacksonville got stopped the one yard line on a fourth. We'll talk about all that, but yeah, all the cat teams lost in an improbable fashion. But I was going <laughs> to say to put Brinson Staten in perspective, that he just gave us. Think about that. No team. The Lions are the only team to lose on multiple 50 yard field goals in a season as time expires twice. And that's over an entire season. Well, the Lions have lost twice in five weeks on that. There's still room for this record to get to like three or four or five or six or seven. Like, it's insane that they've broken a season-long record in five weeks. That's what it comes down to. It's bad luck. So just, just when you say over the course of five weeks, what you mean is twice in three weeks. <laughs> like, like I said, this is – they're getting – they're basically getting uh, – can you say nut-punched? They're getting nut-punched <laughs> repeatedly. Robbie nut punches me all the time, so I guess. And, and and the thing is, like a Vikings kicker making a fifty-four yard field goal is just as improbable as Justin Tucker hitting a sixty-six yard field goal. Like they're both, <laughs> they they both shouldn't have happened, and they did, and the Lions lost. Um, I'm not I'm not overly impressed with the Vikings. I don't think their defense played better today. Nor should you be. Their offense was okay. Cousins, they are who they are. I mean, they didn't have Dalvin Cook, so like you consider that is is ninety percent Dalvin Cook. That's, yes, that's yeah, exactly. Better. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I love Dalvin Cook, but Alexander Madison is very good. I, I guess I wonder, would Dan Campbell, if you gave him a good roster, would Dan Campbell win a bunch of games? The Vikings would be four and one. Yes, and here's the thing: even the Vikings, wouldn't they win a bunch of games? The, here's I come, we say it every week. Uh, the Texans play hard for David Cully. We'll talk about them in a second. The Lions play hard for Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's up there crying on the stand uh, at the press conference for obvious reasons. He's trying to win football games. Uh, the Jaguars don't play hard for Urban Meyer, and we'll get to that too. So I, I think that's what I keep coming back to. If you're the owner, in the ass, though. if you're the owner of the Lions or the Texans, you have to feel good, all things considered, despite the fact that you have a duty roster, that they are getting the most out of these rosters. And I feel like if they were either Cully or Campbell were coaching the Vikings, for example, they would be much better. I don't I know Mike Zimmer's frustrated at times, but what was the score? 16 to 6 late in the third, late in the fourth quarter before things sort of got got interesting. It was pretty I mean, I was mad because the Vikings should have covered, and I, I had them. I picked them in, you know, against the spread, and I'm still red hot. I'm glad you guys asked, but I, I, I mean, as we just <laughs> said, we're hot. As we just said, talking about don't the Packers, jump on the band, don't jump on the Wilson bandwagon next week. Do, do not. Wait. And um, this is, we talked about the Lions. This was the Vikings' third game this season that ended on a field goal as time expired. They lost to the Bengals in overtime. They missed a kick against the Cardinals, and they hit this kick. So all of their games have been pretty crazy. 
Yeah, and to Brent's point, Madison ran for 113 yards. So I mean, yeah. and Justin Jefferson had 124. So they were they should have won that game easily. Yeah, the Vikings dominated it and then let them back in. It was very similar to Carolina and uh, Philadelphia, I thought, except the, the outcome ended up being a little bit different. Um, man, I, I thanks to breach. Correct, breach ruined the Cats. I hope that these this Lions team keeps fighting for Dan Campbell because I'm 100 percent sure they will. It's enjoyable. I, I, I'm not either. I don't know how much more of this you can take. Dan Campbell's crying at press conferences. By the way, Breach, you and the Bengals should be very concerned about playing the Lions. No, I don't know. They might get them at the right time. I don't know. No, don't see. Exactly what's going to happen is the Bengals will go up like 27 to 10. The Lions will come back and tie at 27-27, and then the Bengals will win on a walk-off safety. <laughs> Maybe. That's, That's how the Dan bad. Campbell hasn't lost on a walk-off safety yet. That's what's going to happen. In overtime. No, West. In a what was a surprisingly terrible game. The Arizona Cardinals remain undefeated. They beat the San Francisco 49ers 17 to 10. Trey Lance was, unfortunately for me, meh. He was meh. That's right. Meh. No, George Kittle didn't help. Um, Did not help. Cardinals defense is good, I think is my takeaway from this game. Trey Lance threw an early interception. They just sort of was hyped up and overthrew it and it was picked off. And whatever, that happens. I'm not concerned about that. He will run your ass over, uh, and they ran him a lot. And we see this a lot with these athletic quarterbacks. Carries? Uh, I don't have the – I got to pull up the 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 game score, the stat sheet thing. Um, but I remember watching the game going, I get it. You want to you use his athleticism. But my concern with him and Josh Allen and, and Kyler, to a lesser extent, but Lamar Jackson, it's great until it's not great when these guys get hurt. But, it, you know, that's the offense you're running, uh, 89 yards, as you mentioned. He was the leading rusher. But you 15, know, 20, 15 to 29 passing, not great. Not, well, not, right. And I think the game plan, it appeared to be, was we're going to run the ball until we can't run anymore. And they were sort of having their way running the ball with Trey Lance, given his athleticism. But the problem is Kyler Murray is really good, and um, Rondell Moore is really, really good, and, and Trey Hopkins remains awesome. They also missed on a couple of fourth downs where if they like fourth and shorts, where if they get those, it changes the dynamic of the game. Isaiah Simmons stoned Walter Trey Lance the goal line. Was there one specifically you'd like to talk about? Oh, the, the use one where he motioned his fullback under center and had him take a quarter, a, a quarterback sneak. That is too cute for y'all. Good. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the like the the dad equivalent of that is. It's, but it's well, it's just like you don't need your. It's it like if you want to hand the ball off to him, that's fine. Like you don't need him under center taking a snap. You don't need to motion him in under center and have him dive forward as the quarterback sneak. Kyle Usyk doesn't take snaps. That's and by the way, it ain't Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Trey Lance. It's just Trey Lance. I I thought I, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Um, we mentioned it earlier with the 49ers holding penalties, but. I felt like watching the game that the offensive line was still adjusting to a different type of quarterback and was maybe being a little more handsy with the defenders because they didn't know, you know, you know, whenever you go, you go from a, like Jimmy Garoppolo is not mobile and you go from Jimmy Garoppolo to a mobile quarterback, like a Trey Lance. And all of a sudden you like, you don't know what's going on behind you. You know what I'm saying? And so Here's, I, I was thinking about that during the game too. And, my other thought was, well, they've had training camp and they've had a week of practice because you were pretty sure Garoppolo wasn't going to play because of the calf injury. And at some point, if you're able to do it in Buffalo, if you're able to do it in Arizona to extent, if you're able to do it in Baltimore, no, enough. I've seen the shift from the the week to week, like Jimmy G to Trey Lance from week 
four to week well, you five. Get two holding, you get two holding calls and so quit holding. Now you understand. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I was thinking about that, but I mean, that's not an excuse. Yeah, you got to figure yeah. it out. I, no, I'm not, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying that there were some bigger plays. I didn't think the 49ers did not look nearly as good as I hoped they would look. I think the Cardinals defense is really good, like better than anyone has thought it is. J.J. Watt's not – he's not some elite pass rusher, but he's making a difference the, on the, on the a line. 34-year-old. He's swatting balls. Player. Yeah. Yeah, he's a – yeah. And I, I think Arizona's just good. I'm probably in the belief that they'll get in their own way at some point, or, or as we talk about, Kyler's shoulder will be a problem. I think Kyler um, has to stay healthy. Let me ask you guys this. You, you guys want to reevaluate how the uh, – First and last million dollar bet for the NFC West. Yeah, I think it's your call. Which part? I would, uh, I would. I would. So I. I said that I would take the Rams first for a million dollars. I would now take the Seahawks last for a million dollars. You're still doing that? You just saw the 49ers play. Russell. Russell ain't coming back for like two months, man. I you am know. taking the Rams first. Okay. okay. If you had to pick a last place team, Breach, who, who would you pick for five hundred thousand dollars? Uh, probably the Seahawks just because Russell's no, out at least three games. Oh, ho, ho, ho. What do you All think? Right, well, what what do you I'm sitting in San Francisco. I mean, they have three one score losses. Yeah, they're 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 okay. They're not great, but they're okay. Against the pack, a four and one Packers team. I wish five and oh, I'm upset that Breach scared me off the Rams and then he bailed on the Rams. I didn't bail on the Rams. I'm on the Rams. I just said I, I, I'd rather take them as the Rams first place. Who, who do you have going to the, the Super Bowl in the NFC? The Packers. So you hey. bailed on the Rams. You screwed me out of the Rams, you freaking beehole. <laughs> Is uh, you. Cliff Kingsbury a better coach than Kyle Shanahan? Stop it. No, but is Kyle Shanahan a top 10 coach? Now that's that's a fair question because the look, the, the the use check thing has me has me. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a great coach. I think he seems like a solid dude. Whatever. I, but I've questioned his. He's like being like super cute this year. I don't get it. He, like he's like I, like won't play Ayuk. Won't play Sermon. Like what? Why did you you drafted Ayuk in the first round? You drafted Sermon in the, the the third round. You know Lance is your first round pick. You designed a game plan around him. Why are you not? What is happening? What is he doing? It doesn't make it's annoying. And I question some of the personnel decisions if he's having the final call on him compared to other personnel decisions he could have made. But hey, we'll see. Maybe they. How many losing out. seasons are you allowed to have before you lose your coaching genius? He's been uh, a Super Bowl. Settle down, Zach Taylor. All right, let's. Uh, what? Nobody's calling Zach Taylor a coaching genius. But you know what? I'm mad because I looked, I looked. I looked at my pendings like 30 minutes ago, and I had a <laughs> Zach Taylor coach of the year bet. Oh my god! Uh, uh, lost Cardinals, it today. Cardinals, by the way, are good. Cardinals <laughs> healthy for a full season. The Cardinals are good. I think he was sacked twice on Sunday. So, and Hopkins is so so nasty. Right now, Moore is great. All right, let's move on to the next game because we're so deep into this podcast. Cowboys. Oh. Actually, Bills, XX, Chiefs, XX. No, it's, it's over. The game's over. They're showing shots to Mr. Trubisky. We can talk about it. The okay. Bills went into Kansas City, just like the Chargers did, and flat out, the Chargers didn't smoke the Chiefs. The Bills smoked the Chiefs. It's 38-20 with a minute 25 left, and Josh Allen is taking these. So the final score will be 38 to 20. Buffalo over Kansas City. 
What a statement. This is why I was Googling 90, 90 Piston stats. What a statement game by Josh Allen of the Bills. This was really impressive. I thought Brian Dable, who has not had a fantastic season. I mean, is, 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 not like yeah, pretty good. He's had a good one, but not like like last year they came out like machine gun blowtorching dudes left and right. This year's been good, but this game plan was really smart. Josh Allen was their leading rusher, 11 carries, 59 yards uh, before the kneel downs with a touchdown. They used him a ton in that capacity early on, and it threw the Chiefs off. The Chiefs' defense is hot garbage. Hot garbage. No Chris Jones. No uh, Fenton didn't play as well. So they were down some guys already. But Dawson Knox had five, uh, four targets, three catches, 117 yards, and a score. What, what if the Bills added another weapon at tight end? Well, here's the thing about Dawson Knox. He came out. He played on the same team with DK Metcalf and and uh, AJ Brown at Ole Miss. But he was sort of underutilized. So you were sort of taking a flyer on him when you drafted him. I think he was a third round pick. But we knew we knew he was athletic, and it took him a couple of years to get oriented. And now he feels uh, like he's certainly a big part of what they do. But the issue for me, you know, no Chris Jones, no uh, Rashad Fenton wasn't there. Daniel Sorsen had a tough afternoon as well because he gave up two big pass plays. One was the Dawson Knox. Uh, home run, I think that was a 53-yard. He had, had a couple of big plays that ended up being a touchdown in the first half that sort of um, set up how the second half was a blowout. But I will say this breach, uh, of the three of us on this podcast, two of us picked the the Bills to win this game, and one of them isn't named Brinson. And uh, not coincidentally, guess who got out of their seat while we talked about this so we didn't have to rub it in his face that he – picked the chiefs to win for some i thought this was obvious it just seemed like <laughs> the bills are just such a better all-around team right now i think we even mentioned it or maybe me and brenton mentioned it on the the picks podcast last week was that look the offenses you can say are about even they weren't even tonight but overall you know i feel like they are but the defenses are so far apart the bills are so much better defensively right now that it didn't feel like this was a game that the Chiefs were going to be able to keep it close, and they didn't. And you know what? I think we saw Patrick Mahomes play one of the worst games of his career. Uh, you know, I know the pick six bounced off of Tyreek Hill's hands, but there, there were – I mean, he threw 19 incompletions. You don't see Patrick Mahomes throw 19 incompletions too often. And obviously, you know, the Chiefs are only going to go as far as Mahomes takes them. If he has a bad game, they're going to get beat up like this because their defense – there's no margin of error for that offense. If they do not get scores – they're, you know, this team has to win shootouts because their defense can't stop anyone. And if the offense isn't scoring points, this is what happens. You lose by 18 to the Bills. So so the uh, first drive was Josh Allen running, literally running down their throats. They didn't have an answer for Josh Allen, uh, RPO quarterback, and he scored. But here's the thing. He finished 11 for 59 in terms of rushing yards. Patrick Holmes had more rushing yards. That tells you exactly where that offense was. Clyde Edwards-Alaire left with a, look like a lower leg injury. And that Patrick Mahomes passing stat line, 33 for 54 for 272, two touchdowns, two interceptions. That's a big bend passing line when you lose by 15 points. So the questions start with the defense, and that's where they end. And if Patrick Mahomes isn't on, and if guys are making mistakes like Tyreek Hill did on the on the tip pick six to mention breach, you're going to lose football games, especially against a Bills team that is actually better on paper. And Brinson, while you stepped away, we were making fun of you because of the three of us, you're the only one that picked the, the Chiefs to win this game. I know. Mistake. Um... Not happy about it. I had to tinkle and make a cocktail. 
Also, Wilson. Are you guys going to make fun of Wilson? I want to see Wilson. What's Wilson doing, guys? What's Wilson doing? YouTube commenters. Going to... What do you think he's doing, Breach? Uh, I'm going to say that he... Actually, Wilson is the fastest uh, urinator on the planet. It's a little weird. I mean, it's... He's been sitting for 50 minutes. He might show back up in 30 seconds. He's got a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, he goes like every 10 minutes. I, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me from this game is that and coming into it, the Bills were the number one ranked defense in DVOA. Like they, they, they have been a good defense every year under Sean McVay. Or excuse me, Sean McDermott. <laughs> too um, many Shans. Uh, too many Shans. It's very annoying. It's like too many Wills when I was in high school. Um, McDermott's a good defensive coach, and he has a track record of this. He was he was a good defensive coach in Carolina. He was really a good defensive coach in Philly before he was fired for Juan Castillo, but. Last year was sort of an anomaly, and I think you can point to it as the COVID year where this defense just sort of slipped for one ra- for one random reason or another, and they thought they were too light in the box. They needed more uh, big bodies. Look how fast that was. They they need more big bodies in the trenches, so they draft uh, Rousseau, and they draft Boogie Basham. And this defense is really good, and Josh Allen is dialed back in. And I've never felt better about my Bills over 10 and a half wins pick. I have never felt better about my Bills I mean, Super Bowl you, pick. You, you people who watch this show and listen to the show are ghouls. I hate all – I mean, I love all of you, but I hate all of you. Like, I go and take a leak and make a cocktail, and I'm dialing hair club for men and, yes. like, and like, shaving my back to pay my book fee. <laughs> and Wilson is solving malaria and, like – Carrying cancer. Out of a tree. Adopting orphan cats. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Thank you for all the kind comments. This is what happens when karma. I mean, you're not wrong. Friend. Wilson's the. Here's the other thing. I know I'm great. What are you going to do? Here's the other thing. Josh Allen was seven to fourteen at halftime in terms of passing. He only finished fifteen to twenty six. It didn't feel that way. It felt like he was dominating along with the rest of that offense. A terrible Chiefs defense. And when you know, as we've noted, Patrick Holmes struggles. And even a little struggle is a problem when your defense can't get off the field. It's going to be amplified to the score of a 38-20 ass beaten at home. I know there was an hour rain delay. That rain delay didn't matter. That game was probably over before the rain delay. Here's the thing, though, and they noted about this when they came out after the half. The Chiefs were in a big, comfortable locker room. The Bills were sitting in the hallway because it was so hot in their little tiny locker room. Sean McDermott came out and got like Michelle Tavoya ran into him. I was like, Hey, uh, Sean, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? He's like, well, I'm only out here cause it's sweaty as hell in our tiny locker room. Um, I thought that there, you know, it was kind of a grind along game. There was not a, it ended up going over cause it 58 points scored, unfortunately for some of us. Um, but there was not, it was like a very slow second half. Or it was a slow first half. And then all of a sudden Josh Allen was just, throwing bombs down the field like the the bills look closer to the super bowl winning chiefs than the chiefs do well it's just weird because when you see the chiefs you just always expect them to be able to come back like there was i don't i don't think any of us thought i never really thought there was a chance the chiefs were going to lose until the pick six that turned the game from 24 13 buffalo to 31 13 buffalo and after that was like they're gonna lose like you're I, i don't care who you are you're down 18 the fourth quarter you're not coming back for the most part uh, not playing like they had played for the earlier three quarters. And, and so just to see him get dominated like that at home, it, it, a lot of questions about the Chiefs. Like, it feels like the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West. We talked about that last week. I think we all 
Two of us said the Chargers. One person said the oh, Chiefs. I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I took the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Brinson, are you worried that, you know, what do you think? Are you worried that there's a chance they might not make the playoffs? Yeah, I'm panicking. I'm panicking, Breach. Fortunately, my Bills uh, over – the Bills over 10.5 was my favorite bet of the entire, like, lead-up to the preseason. I loved it. I said that Bills minus 155 was a great bet to win the division. This team is really good. Sean McDermott is a top 10? Yeah. Five. Remember when uh, Blank used to yell at me because I said Sean McDermott was a good coach? Yes. He was. He couldn't let go of that Nate Peterson thing. Let me ask you this. Sean would you rather have a great coach. If you're coaching the Jaguars, would you rather have Sean McDermott or Kyle Shanahan? Ooh. That's a good question. I know who I'm taking. Um, I My answer will depend on the – because I think it's very important when you look at the Bills that Sean McDermott was hired away from Carolina. And then uh, the next year, or I guess it was like six months later or whatever it was, he brought Brandon Bean from Carolina. And Brandon Bean was considered like the next guy down here to take over the front office. But Gettleman was entrenched. And, and Bean had been there before Gettleman. It was there when Gettleman got there. It's a package deal. McDermott and Bean and then... Uh, but, but, but I'm saying it, it's very similar. Sorry, I'm saying it's very similar to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Like McDermott got hired and said, "I here's my plan. I want to go through this draft with Doug Whaley. I want to turn him into my scapegoat. I want to fire him. And then I want to hire Brandon Bean. And we're going to build a culture. And we're going to build this roster the right way. And they built it perfectly. The Lions tried the same thing and it blew up in their face. And they got well, rid of my guy. No, but I mean, there's too many forces messing with stuff. The The Bills roster, I don't think it's the best roster. It, it's it's the most um, just consistent or... It fits the well personality rounded. of the coaches and it's the, the well rounded. That's it, Breach. It's the most well rounded roster in the AFC. The only the only team I think they can compare to it is the Bucks. So, are you going to answer my question or not? I didn't hear what the question was. Breach. If you're <laughs> coaching the Jaguars, do you want Sean McDermott or Kyle Shanahan? Uh, probably Shanahan. It, is it the Jag as they're constructed right now? Like. Oh, yeah. actually, actually, uh, yeah, if I have Trevor Lawrence, I probably want Shanahan. I want, I want McDermott because McDermott, you. McDermott builds this. McDermott is an Andy Reid disciple, and by the way, we don't talk about the fact that McDermott was fired by Andy Reid and replaced yep. by. Do you remember? Was it Castillo? Juan Castillo, the offensive line coach. Yeah, he fired his defensive coordinator and replaced his defensive coordinator with an offensive line coach. Juan Castillo actually is the. I think he's the line coach for the Bears now. Yeah, but he's not a defensive coordinator is my point. Well, clearly, he probably had some defensive background. Didn't work out. I mean... It was the dream team. It was the Vince Young dream team. Yeah, Lewis Rick, I think Lewis Riddick was in the front office then. It may have been. Yeah. Anyway, Andy Reid got fired after that. Worked out well for him. My point being, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean have done a very good job in Buffalo, and this feels like a turn-the-corner moment. You beat, you, you beat the Pistons. They were up 9-0 last year in the AFC Championship game, too. I I feel like that was the one game last year where Josh Allen didn't play well. I know what you're saying, but I, I feel pretty good about this team, and that's why my Super Bowl prediction of Bills over Packers still looks fa- fantastic. No, no, I, 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 my point being is that the all of a sudden, Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs are wounded and mortal. They've yeah, lost to the Ravens. Right. They've lost to the Bills. The Browns had them dead to rights. This is a team that is really, really good 
because they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, and they have all these weapons. But their defense sucks right now. The Chiefs have the same record as the Steelers. Think about that. Yikes. Yeah, correct. Okay, we uh, have we covered this? Oh, here we go. Yeah, let's, let's read. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're tied. And by they, I mean the Chiefs and the Chargers are plus both plus 120 to win the division right now. Now, what, what some people may not realize is, fortunately, I won't have to worry about shaving my hair plugs until January to pay off this bet that I made on the Chiefs to win the division. Ouch. Can't wait to see the hair plugs go. Oh! I'm sort of surprised that the Broncos are above the Raiders. I don't get that. Uh, uh, neither one of those teams are winning the division. They're not good. Carr got hurt today, too. He came back. They lost to the, the Bills. Are averaging thirty nine points per game in their last Bills, four the Bills games. are about to get on. The Bills are about to get on a tear. I, I can't believe the Chargers are even with the Chiefs, and the Chargers you know, have a two game lead and already have a win over them. That's insane. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know if anyone has this bet available out in the market. But can you bet on who will be the number one seed in the AFC? Let's say. Uh, so who would be our contestants here? It would be Bills, Chiefs. No one, because I'm only betting on the Bills, so there's no other contestants. No, but, I, but I think I don't think the Bills would be minus money. I think it'd be like plus 175 or something. And I would be Bills, Chiefs, Ravens is probably it. Well, no, no, sorry, uh, Brown. I'll put the Browns in, even though the Browns are three Chargers. Chargers. Oh, I, if you could get plus money on the yeah. Bills being the number one seed in the AFC, I would be very interested in betting on that. Yeah, because the Chargers got to play the Chiefs again. The Bills have the tiebreaker on the Chiefs. Ravens have, you know, the breach is convinced that the Bengals are going to beat them. The Browns and the Ravens are in the same division. And the AFC South is not in this conversation. Current MVP odds, Josh Allen has the highest. Where's my guy, Justin? Your guy is fourth behind Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. That's that's right where it should be. Well, the numbers. Googling stuff, Breach. Why don't you Google and see what our uh, preseason MVP picks were? On our uh, on CBS Sports. Well, Live. yours was Stafford. His was Herbert, and mine was no, no, no. That was a bold prediction. Oh, yeah, mine was Josh Allen. Picks. Oh, baby, Josh Allen. Wait, wait, where's Josh? Oh, uh, oh, I love it. Five to one, I would bet Josh Allen. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, he's playing his ass off. Herbert's playing great too. Yeah, but if Herbert wins, yeah, that Mahomes ten to one. Mahomes hadn't been ten to one to win MVP in like. Uh, it's been a hot minute, I think. Derrick Henry, Jalen Hurts. Only person Debo's gonna make a lot of money when Jalen Hurts wins it. Brenton, I googled it. We both said Josh Allen. Are you happy? <laughs> you said Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, I said Josh You're Allen. Cool. That was my bold prediction cool. and my regular prediction. I cannot believe you got me off the Rams. You're. I, if, if this were a family podcast, I was secretly on the Bills the whole time. I used you. Spent, you. you spent the entire offseason, sh- like, like what? <laughs> what? You said shh. I thought you were gonna say the the batch. No. Breach spent the entire offseason getting me off the Rams and then bailed on the Rams completely. Well, that's your what? fault for getting duped. I have the Rams. Yeah, yeah I'm mad about it. In the I NFC okay. title game. I got scammed. You got scammed. It Breach, happens. Breach, happens. Is, <laughs> Breach is definitely a telemarketer who sells insurance to old people. Robbie's Robbie's like big in the very lucrative, Ryan. Robbie's <laughs> scamming right now. <laughs> he goes, What's your uh, what's your password for your Gino? Like, I'm not telling you. He goes, No, I need it for uh for a school thing. He gave it to me. He goes, you got scammed, idiot. <laughs> yeah, if you get scammed by seven, you're definitely getting scammed by breach. Speaking of scammed, we thought that Mike McCarthy had scammed Jerry Jones. Turns out he may not have. The Cowboys are awesome. 44 to 20 over the New York Giants. That's the victory for the Cowboys. 
it really was more like 37 to 20. We're going to take seven points away because that pick six of Mike Glennon didn't happen. Mike Glennon played fantastic. Excellent game from my boy in back of Daniel Jones, who we hope is okay. Did not look good when he was carted off with a concussion. I will ask you this, Breach. Or I will ask you this, Breach Bot. <laughs> Dallas is the blank. Oh, get out of here, Debo. Dallas is the blank best <laughs> team in the NFC. Oh, my God. Leave that after Debo so I can take a picture and send it to Blank. Breach Bot 3000 as going full Breach Bot. I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. You know what? When I said two weeks ago they were number three, you guys laughed at me. You sat here and you made me rank all of them. Number uh, three? Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I had them at number three two weeks ago when they were two and one, and you guys weren't sold on. You guys said maybe probably top six, easy, but not top three. And uh, now I think they're the best team in the NFC. That's it. I said it. You said best team in the NFC. And you said, what, what, where do I think they're in the NFC, right? And right I think- currently, as of, uh, just to check the time here, 12.51 a.m. on Monday, October 11th, you believe the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC? Yes. Ahead of, to be clear, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champions with Tom Brady. Buccaneers defense is way too many holes. Okay. Uh, Wilson. Yeah. You're too, you're too busy tweeting. Will you, you know, would you please engage with us? It's very... Turnful to our relationship that you spend all this time on your <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's awesome every time. Please watch YouTube so you can see Debo just what'd you call it? Nut punching, Britson all over the place. <laughs> we close this and let's do the podcast. It's <laughs> an hour and four minutes in. You were you're trying to do shenanigans. I tell you what, Debo, I will derail this thing. We'll be here for three hours. Who's that who's that reflect that's... poorly on? I dare you. Yes, oh, exactly. Oh, oh. Debo, we have like eight, 18 games to get to. What does derailing entail? I don't know. I'll just yeah. do it. You don't think I'll derail this thing? It'll be, it'll I be, believe it. We'll be two and a half hours in, and we won't have covered six games. My goodness. I dare you. No, we don't really do that. Anyway, uh, Wilson. Yes. Uh, as my wife likes to say, could you please look at me and put down your phone? I get that too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What do you got? Breach thinks the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. Agree or disagree? No, of course that's insane. They're Did playing. I? They're playing really well. But I, I think it's a good hot take. Here's the thing: like they're playing he, great. Week one, they could have conceivably and arguably beat the the Buccaneers. I would imagine on neutral field, you would like you would take. That means you would take the Cowboys over the Cardinals. Trevon Diggs is playing absolutely out of his mind. The Packers, you know, you have. Some reservations after week one. I'm very YouTube commenters, not you. <laughs> you have reservations after you know the the Bengals game that uh, came down to the wire. They probably should have lost. So I don't hate it. I probably have the, I probably have the Cowboys third after the Bucks and the Cardinals. But again, ahead of the Packers, I think you yeah. have to give. Yeah, first of all, first of all, out of general respect, that we're five weeks into the season and the Cardinals are undefeated, they have to be one. So your thesis, based just based on the record, is stupid. Um, <laughs> just so stupid. based on your thesis, the Steelers were the best team going into Week Twelve last year. Correct. They were, they were eleven and zero. What do you want? I mean, I want a team that's good. You're a Bengals fan. You don't know about teams that are good. Um, I look. The Cardinals are one because they're undefeated five weeks in the season. I will defer to the Bucks as well. I will also defer to the – I tried to do this over a text with some friends earlier. I was like, I'll take the Rams too. They're like, you're taking the Rams or the Cowboys? The Cowboys are awesome. 
I don't know what the hell is happening. Like, so first of all, Mike McCarthy has delegated everything to Kellen Moore, and that offense is cooking with gas. Dak Prescott is completely locked in and knows exactly he, – he looks so comfortable on the field and knows exactly what he's doing on every single play and never panics. And then Dan Quinn, who comes from Seattle and then went to Atlanta and ran this cover three stuff for 15, 20 years, is all of a sudden just running man. Like He's completely changed his scheme. Trevon Diggs is Defensive Player of the Year five weeks in. Micah Parsons is Defensive Rookie of the Year. This Cowboys team is really good, but they won't win a Super Bowl because Mike McCarthy will kick a short field goal in the playoffs. By the way, Daniel Jones got hurt trying to rush for a touchdown. It was um, that was a, that was not Jabril uh, Cox, the the rookie at a, at a LSU transfer, hit him. It was a clean tackle. It was helmet to helmet. But shout out to Jerron Curse. If you watch the replay, Daniel Jones gets up. He stumbles. It looks like he's going to fall down. Curse, the defensive back for the. Cowboys notices that he actually runs towards Daniel Jones to try to help him. And uh, that was awesome, awesome sportsmanship. Just want to put that out there. That was a, that was a, not a cool, I mean, like, I, like, I love my boy Mike Glennon, a punter who got into the football game, but that was not a fun moment for Daniel Jones. And Saquon Barkley ruled out very quickly an accidental ankle injury. Not, As opposed not, to the intentional ones. Well, I mean, but he wasn't, he didn't like suffer the ankle injury. Running right. with the football, it was no, yeah. He just stepped on it. Maybe it may have been a teammate's ankle. He stepped on a foot. And he just rolled it. It was Kadarius. Ter- also, Kadarius Tony is incredible. Yeah, imagine that. You throw the ball to him. He's actually pretty good. He's all in his hands. He's and he's electric. But he also punched somebody in the helmet, which is yeah. Sort of that, that's a no no. Yeah, Kenny Galladay uh, left with a knee injury. He had, of course, missed most of the preseason with a hamstring injury. That's a concern. This was uh, the opposite of a pyrrhic victory for the Giants. Very tough loss. They got routed by the Cowboys, and most of their all essentially all of their most important offensive players got hurt. So let's go to the other side of the NFC East where the Eagles some the Eagles got their asses kicked by the Panthers for 55 minutes and somehow walked out of Charlotte with a 21 to 18 win. Debo, are you are you happy with the win? Yeah, I'm happy with the win. Um, <laughs> I would not feel great if I was a, a Panthers fan because Ooh. there's no reason that the Eagles really should have won that game. Um, Sam Darnold was looking like Jet Sam Darnold for a lot of that day. But, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled with the win. I think they're that's not – That's on the offensive line. Fletcher Cox and uh, uh, Vernon. Hargrave. Hargrave, yeah. We're... Javon, Javon, not Vernon. Vernon, yeah. <laughs> um, I, they're not – going anywhere but i think it's a season saving type victory in the sense that things could have really snowballed looking down a matchup on thursday night with the bucks the defending world champions you heading into that potentially losing four straight turn that into five straight they're two and three now you get past this bucks game with it with a loss probably but then things really start to open up so they're not going anywhere but I said seven wins after that Cowboys loss a couple weeks ago. You guys thought I was crazy. I'm, I'm sticking to that, and I might bump it up to eight for the Eagles. Ooh. Here, here's the thing, Debo. Tell me what you think about this, because I was just watching it on Red Zone, so I'd see like the first 45 minutes was Jalen Hurts running around and refusing to throw the ball or throwing the ball inaccurately. Whatever you do, don't watch this game again. 
I won't. Trust me. It's horrible. Ugly. Yeah, the whole time. It's there awful. was the touchdown to Devonta Smith that I thought was a crappy call on whoever ran the pick. I didn't think that was a pick, but whatever. Other yeah. than that, there wasn't a lot to be excited about. It was if Greg you, Ward, and it was definitely a pick. Greg Ward. It was not. He was, he was running an out pattern in the defensive back. I, I will say, last week, our guy Jay Jaw got called for one that I didn't <laughs> think was. This week, I thought Ward, I, I think that deserved to get called, and I think it's just bad coaching. But go ahead, Ryan. Fair okay. enough. Bad coaching. That, that Where makes- are you at on Jalen Hurts? Because I remain unimpressed for three quarters of that game. He did make some plays at the end there. Um, yeah, he was he was not good on, on Sunday. Um, and he's been incapable of putting these good games together back-to-back is what you want to see from a quarterback. Still very early in his career. But I'm still, I think, a lot more hopeful about him as a quarterback than Nick Sirianni as, Nick Sirianni as a coach. I think ultimately, like, it comes down, Hargrave, Cox, Darius Slade, great games. It's going to come down. We're going to talk quarterback and coach. Hertz has these things, I think, that you want as a quarterback. They they don't include deep touch or intermediate accuracy or getting the ball <laughs> out on time. But, like, he has these intangibles where I still have faith in the fourth quarter. And when the play calling finally goes in his favor, he can tuck and run a little bit. I still have this belief in him. So, He's been back and forth all season long and really throughout his career going back to last year when he replaced Wentz. He'll have these super good moments and then moments where you're like, he may not be a a starter in this league. I still think it's a great season to give him this sort of chance. But Nick Sirianni is is the issue for me. And like I said last week, I live I like giving coaches a little bit of time, but he seems he seems outmatched. He's not putting Hurts in a good position. The discipline is bad. Decision-making, leadership, all, all that stuff, I think, can be questioned. And when we talk about these rookie head coaches, Brandon Staley in a class of his own, I think Dan Campbell probably below that because of how he has his guys fighting for him. But I don't think there's anything that Nick Sirianni does that separates him from someone like like Urban Meyer or Arthur Smith or Robert Salat <laughs> or David Culley. Like, he, he's on that bottom of the barrel with them. I wouldn't say he's the worst rookie head coach, but this he's the done thing nothing to separate himself. This is the meanest thing you've ever said about another human being. I know, it's, right? It's uh, it's up there. <laughs> it really is. You know, it's funny. Like Debo is so he's anti-establishment. Like he he'll say mean things about Sirianni. He'll say mean things about James Franklin, the Penn State head coach. But he's pro player. He's he's going to stick by his guys. This is true. Um, <laughs> I, I I thought that I mean, from my non-biased opinion, obviously, uh, you I, were all I, up in the Panthers business when they were three and zero. What's changed? Um, nothing. They play the Cowboys. And play Panthers the- are losing, so I'm off the bandwagon. Go ahead. I want the Bucks to win the division. That's what I care about for my financial portfolio. Wishy, um, wishy. <laughs> I told you I want to win. I, I I thought the Panthers' defense played awesome, and that Hurts. It wasn't like Hurts was playing bad, but I I do agree with Debo that Sirianni does. It, it's a little bit like Matt Nagy. Like he doesn't right. have this plan designed for this quarterback with a very specific set of traits like why are you not so right for the first two or three drives against atlanta in week one i was i was floored it looked like sirianni had designed this offense for jalen hurts and they were going to do this and like run a bunch of rpos and take play action and go up top to rager and smith who were like vertical guys and explosive athletes and it it, it like disappeared and they were they were overwhelmed by the panthers defense but the eagles defense was almost more overwhelming on the Panthers' offensive line because Cox and Hargrave were just in in Sam Donald's kitchen the entire day. 
And every time the Panthers would make a, okay, this game is over, move, and force a turnover, Sam Darnold would throw a terrible back-breaking pick. That doesn't seem fair. Uh, where are you at on Sam Darnold? Are the, are the, should the Panthers uh, be looking for a quarterback? Or are they going to roll? Should him? David Tepper uh, be yelling at his general manager tomorrow? Like, get the Sean Watson. I don't care how much it costs. No, I, I think there's still a TBD on. Uh, remember, they guaranteed his fifth option, fifth year option. So, still trade him. I don't. Th- I don't think that's going to work out well. Um, and they traded for Gilmore. I think. I mean, they. Do- they Debo, correct me if I'm wrong, but they dominated this game for 55 minutes. Like, it, I, it was- I don't know. I mean. You give credit to the Panthers' defense, and you did give credit to the Eagles' defense, but the Eagles allowed three points after the half. Their defense allowed 16 points total. I don't think the second half it was that much of a discrepancy. Did you feel like the Eagles were going to win at any point before the 50-minute mark? You know me, optimistic. optimistic. But, but realistically, did you think they were going to win? No, I but, did. I did because I bet money on it. Rich did, <laughs> did bet on it. The, there was no way that it should have been a nine-point disadvantage heading into halftime. It was 15-6. Uh, talking about something good uh, from a kicker perspective, Jake Elliott bashed a uh, 58-yarder heading in. Yeah, 58-yarder heading into half. Like, that was a long field goal. Exactly. Uh, it should have been... 21 24 to 6 heading into half in the Panthers advantage and the Eagles aren't coming back from that one. They haven't come back from a disadvantage like this one in a couple of seasons. So yeah, it is definitely unexpected. And uh that's that's the thing about Hurts is he competes even when his his touch is off and his accuracy is off. I still have this kind of blind faith in him at this point that he has these intangibles t- to lead a team and and that they'll never be out of it. From my point of view, it felt like the Panthers pooped their pants. I'll, uh, I'll take that as a opposing fan. When I mean when three interceptions to... and having a, a punt blocked, I think would qualify. I I, I didn't care if the Panthers won or lost. I picked the Panthers to to win a cover, and I was shocked that they were in control of the game. And then there was a block punt late. When there um was a field goal. Anyway, anyway, these teams these these two teams are middle feeders. Let's move on to some other middle feeders. The Steelers beat the Broncos 27 and 19. Who's that for? No, I'm just kidding. The Steelers aren't middle feeders, they're bottom feeders. Uh, same same record as the Chiefs. Ooh. Do you mean dunk on the Chiefs? Dunk on the Chiefs. Oh! Same record as the Eagles. I mean, Ryan, you got to apply the transitive property because the Steelers beat the Bills, who just beat the Chiefs. So that's right. Which is good news for uh, Breach as well because the Bengals beat the Steelers. This is one of my favorite yeah. favorite bets of the week was the Steelers. It was a like when you if you ever this is a, this is there's only a couple chances left in your life for this. If you ever see a report in local Pittsburgh media where Big Ben is blaming the offensive coordinator and the head coach for his struggles. You better believe Big Ben's coming out slinging the next week. And he did. He came out. He was throwing. He looked good. And he's going to look like dog crap next week. That's fine. We're going to bet against the Steelers next week. But when you read that, when you read Jerry Dulac, like headlines like, is Big Ben hamstrung by Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin? That's when you know that Big Ben thinks he's up against a wall. He's being pressured by the organization. And he's trying to send a message. And he sent a message. Now, they almost gagged this game away. But... Kudos to Big Ben for playing well. Well, I mean, he can. He's been winching his whole career about little things that. Well, that's what you, I'm saying. This is like you can if 
if you I hear I hear what you're saying, but my point is that he didn't throw the ball 85 times this game like he did the previous four games. He threw the ball 25 times. They actually ran the ball 36 times, which is the first time in 16 games that they run more than they passed. Also, the first time in 16 games that he rushed for over 100 yards. But now, Matt sucks. I'm not trying to say he's good. I'm, but you know, no, my point is that you, the offensive line played much better. They run run blocked much better. They pass blocked much better, and that necessitated Roethlisberger not needing to throw the ball as many times as he did. The issue is, and I'm glad the offensive line is coming along as a young group. That's encouraging. But they're going to run the wheels off Najee Harris before the middle of the season. Like that that guy must be sore from the time he gets home on Sunday evening until about Friday. And then they give him a day off and they roll his ass back out there and do the same thing again to him. He had 23 carries. Have you seen uh, the, have you seen the snap counts on Najee Harris? Yeah, it's, they're insane. It's he, unprecedented. It like in NFL like in NFL history. He's played he actually came out of the game of the snaps for the Steelers. He came out of the game uh only because he had like a an injury, and I I hope he faked it because he needs to take a break. They don't need to like it doesn't make sense to run him into the ground. Uh six weeks into this rookie season. His carries are not actually out of control only because the Steelers have been trailing and they've been throwing the ball to him. His touches are way up there, but he is, it is like by far the highest uh, snap count of any running back in football. Like the next highest is like, like 78%. Yeah. They have Kalen Balazs and they have Benny Stout. They don't use them. They use them. The next highest, like running back in football is like 78%. I understand. I'm just saying they have two other running backs on the roster that they refuse to use. They did use them Sunday just because Najee Harris tapped out because he probably wanted a break. He was exhausted, but uh, yeah, now the Steelers control this game the whole time they did. As you mentioned, it it took a, they had a chance. The Broncos did to score uh, a touchdown and cut the lead to six and go for two as, as the game expired for some reason they had, the Steelers had Cam Sutton was out there, second best corner, arguably their best corner. They had um, uh, James Pierre. Came here Pierre was who he, he he's like a first year player. I don't think he's a rookie. Had him guarding Cortland Sutton for some reason. Cortland Sutton was you know lighting him up. He did have the interception at the end of the game there. So there's still some questionable decisions there in terms of the coaching. But overall, I mean, you take the win. The Steelers had lost three straight games in Heinz Field, which is it's certainly not encouraging. So that they avoided the fourth straight. Uh, two teams going nowhere. Yeah. If you're going to press me on who's better, I don't even know. And it doesn't matter. The Steelers, the Broncos, who cares? My buddy Newman texted me last week. He was like, we should bet the Broncos to miss the playoffs. It's plus money. Oh, who, who, who bet them to make the playoffs? No, I was saying they were three or uh, three and one. And you could have bet them to miss the playoffs at plus like 115. And that was the smart move because it's not a, it's not a good football team. They just beat up some bad teams and not, I mean, the Steelers are, the Steelers are in that weird like void where, like I mean, Ben played well today, but you can't like he played okay. He played fine. You he can't threw the ball down the field. He had a little more time to throw. He wasn't throwing the ball in half a second, and that again goes back to the offensive line playing much better. He threw a deep um, pass to Deontay Johnson on the first touchdown drive. That's two weeks in a row they scored in the first drive. Had a long pass to to, to uh, Chase Claypool. So there's some encouraging signs there, but the the whole idea is you have to be able to run the ball, and that starts with the offensive line because if Ben throws the ball more than 25 times, you're probably in a bad situation. Well, if you draft a running back in the first round, a breach, dive in on the Steelers if you want. Breach first. No, I, Wilson, breach I want him to enjoy first. his win. I don't need to dive in on it. I thought, I, I, I mean, the Steelers, all of a sudden, you're two and three. If the Ravens lose Monday night, you're only one game out of They're first place. Losing. Not crazy. They're not losing the Ravens, number one. And number two, next Carson week. Went, Carson Wentz is on the other side. 
<laughs> next week. Carson the Steelers are ho- you t- I think we talked about this last week. Uh, uh, Sunday that, night, prime time. They didn't flex out of that game, so now it's going to be Geno Smith versus the the Big Bens for everyone oh, to see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, b- before we move on, um, Breach and I did early odd, the early odds mini podcast on Sunday night. Do you know what the line is for Geno Pittsburgh? It's going to be minus four. That's Wilson's just dialed in. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm really good at doing odds. Everything about the spread. Do you look ahead or do you look ahead or do you... No, I, I'm pretty good at guessing like the lines. I, I usually get within half a point or so. Maybe you should tail Wilson next week. Wins over Wilson minus four. Three and so fourteen. <laughs> what did you say about the minus four? Hammer Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So Gino, Gino Smith, why is Gino Smith only catching four he, points? Do you see how he played? Yeah, that was a that's like an adrenaline weird situation. We get thrown in on Thursday night mm-hmm. and lightning in the bottle. Yeah, you you take TJ Watt all of a sudden is in your like in your birdhouse and just here's a question and there was no answer when Gino Smith came to the game. But who's the backup quarterback in Seattle? Do we know? Like after Gino? Yeah, because there was a, they were there there was only two quarterbacks on the active roster. Uh, Thursday night. I don't know who they've signed or what their plan is in terms of promoting someone or whatever. Probably have someone on their practice squad. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, Pete Carroll. Who knows? But if Russell's going to miss, have they officially put Russell on IR yet? I don't think they have. I think so Adam Schefter said if they, if they put him on IR, they'll sign somebody else. No. Yeah. yeah right. A roster spot. Well, they so, need to hurry that up. I would imagine they got a game. In a week. Oh, you, know, you know they could sign. Cam? Ryan? Nope. Phillip. You got to tell us. Cam Newton? Phillip. Oh, Phillip ain't going. He said he's coaching. <laughs> Actually, the college, I mean, the high school football season's nearing its end, so maybe you could... Uh, They're close. Oh, my God. What if Phil replaced Russ? Maybe you could telecoach. Yes, I'd have to retire from this podcast and just go live at some sort of resort. We just watch NC State quarterbacks play football. Oh, that's a good one by Pick Six Podcast. That sounds like a nightmare. Like Pick Six Podcast uh, jokes on YouTube. I'm call the social media team and tell them to take away Debo's login. Maybe the Seahawks <laughs> will trade for Mike Lennon. All right, let's get done with this damn podcast. Bears twenty, Raiders nine. I I actually called this and uh, it worked out well. I was I don't why, the Raiders had no business being favored by five and a half at this game. The Raiders aren't good. John yeah, I, had. Uh, I see John Gruden had racist emails from 10 years ago circulating. That feels fair, right? Do you think that affected this? Because I I don't know if it did or not. I uh, I I think that I always I always take the I mean not, not I don't take the Bill Belichick approach because I'm too spacey to do that, but I try to think what would Bill Belichick think about X distraction? Bill Belichick would not like <laughs> old racist emails that he has to spend an extra I don't know, three and a half hours deal or, or 10 and a half hours dealing with over the course of the week, whether it's responding to people, you know, talk like texting Bruce Allen and being like, shut your mouth, texting Demar Smith and being like, I'm sorry about that. I really apologize. Doing a press conference, like all, all of that is an extra distraction that takes away time where you're preparing an offensive game plan. So just Bill Belichick, I do remember when the Aaron Hernandez stuff, when he got arrested. It was like one sentence, and then he would just refuse to answer it. Although you still have to sit there and take the questions, and it's still still a pain. Talk, talk to our lawyers. What, <laughs> yeah, whatever that one sentence was is one sentence response. We're on but Cincinnati. yeah, but yeah like, we're on. every minute, every minute you're spending dealing with 
something else is a minute you're not preparing for your job. And that that's true. That, but I mean, the, the emails came out Thursday night. Like most of your game plans already installed. The Raiders, my question, Breach, my question is this. Were the, do you think, Urban Meyer. Do you think the players, like the, the Raiders players were, did it affect their preparation because they were angry, upset, sad, whatever? That's. I mean, I would say no. Most of them okay. know Gruden from being on the, like if they've never had a negative experience with Gruden, I don't think they're going to be overly offended by what happened. But I, I, I'm, if I'm the Raiders, I'm concerned that my offenses look like absolute garbage for two straight weeks. Right. After starting three and zero, I mean, this team was putting up thirty points per game the first three weeks, and you know they beat the Ravens, the Steelers, uh, the Dolphins, and all of a sudden you're you're. Just... They, beat who? they beat who? Dolphins. Who are the first, the three teams you named? The Dolphins, the... Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins. Yeah, two of those teams suck. Um. I'm not ripping your point. I'm just saying that like we thought the Steelers and, and Dolphins were better than they actually are. I, I thought Mike Tirico had the best point about this because Tirico worked with Gruden for like seven years. I mean, I'm, I mean, for like seven years, you get to know a person, right? Yeah. I've worked with you for 14 years and it feels like 140. And I, I know you pretty well. <laughs> and I still know nothing about you. <laughs> yeah. You can confirm I have hair plugs. Um, <laughs> So I, don't know, I thought Tariko Tariko was like, look, man, like I know John Gruden pretty well. I will he he more or less said on NBC, I will vouch for John Gruden. And I, I think that means something, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I, we were talking about this, you know, texting back and forth uh, on countdown, ESPN countdown. Randy Moss is he was crying, like he was upset. And the whole crew there, Hatzelbeck and Teddy Bruski and Rex Ryan, they were all pretty much came down on the side of John Gruden has to answer a lot of questions. And I get that, but I think Tariko made the point that, you know, John Gruden's probably a lot of things, but I, I don't consider him having, and he said, I know him better than anyone in the league does, having spent seven years with him. I, I don't think that his intentions were nefarious. I just think he said something stupid. And I also said, look, John Gruden came out and supported Carl Nassib when he said he was gay this summer, and he didn't even, there was no hesitation in his voice. And, you know, 10 years ago, People are different than they are now. A lot of things have happened socially and on, you know, things. In, in terms years, of, yeah. yeah, exactly. And like I said, the, the stuff that we texted each other, we'd all be having press conferences for the rest of our lives every day. Settle down here, pal. <laughs> no, no, but no, I agree. I mean, I think that the immediate context that it was taken in, in which he, I mean, like he made fun of a physical. Uh, it's a bad look. It, like there's yes, thank you. There's no two ways around it. It's a terrible look. You're from the south. I'm from the south. We we uh, like you like you understand the connotation. I think like we understand the connotation more than you know what I'm saying. Like it's and when you say things like I don't remember sending it, that also indicates that you probably do it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of yeah. weird. And and it, like part of the first part of the email, he called him like dumb R.S. Smith. It was like the worst joke of all time. Like what are you doing? <laughs> That's something Breach would say. <laughs> As like dumb R.S. Smith. And, and, not about Demar, Demaris, but but uh, he would make it someone's name be. I mean, stupid. in Gruden's, you're, I can't. I'm not even saying Gruden's fence. I say I'm not defending him. On life, but if if you say you don't remember uh, a 15 word email from 10 years ago, I don't think that's necessarily Gruden lying. That's, I don't think he's lying either. That's a good point. How many emails, how many emails from from the hours of like 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Do you think that John Gruden and Bruce Allen have said over the past 30 years? Thousands. There's probably like 7,000 emails. 
but it's it'll be up. interesting if the Raiders, you know, start that they were three now, and if this collapse continues, uh, if Mark Davis is going to do something, he's not going to do I anything. I don't think they'll do anything. I, Nothing. So if they lose to the Broncos and the Eagles, and and then they're three and four, is is Gruden on the hot seat? What's happening? No, okay. he could lose out. Okay. Oh, okay. uh, for you, have you point on Sunday football? He Gruden wasn't working for an NFL team or in any capacity with the NFL when the email took place. Now, he yeah, emailed, but if you take that, if you sort of exaggerate to that to the extreme, that's like saying, "Well, I didn't murder the guy when I was working for the NFL. I did it when I was somewhere else." So, I mean, it depends on what your idea of no, 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 is. And, from a morality perspective, I mean, from like a uh, like HR perspective, you're no, not. I get it. You know, what I'm saying like you're not. But Roger Goodell has been known to do things outside of the rule of law and, you know, punish people for things that seem uh, like an overreach. So usually players, not coaches, different franchise with a different owner. I think John Gruden might be in hot on the hot seat, but Mark Davis loves John Gruden. So I think he's fine. Whether or not that's uh, anyway. Uh, but I think Breach's point is that nine points against Justin Fields, right? The, which is the bigger problem. Breach's point is that it doesn't matter what John Gruden emailed. This team is hot garbage. Yes. I said last week. Yeah, that's on me. Yeah, that's fine. Good for Justin Fields. He avoided what looked to be a pretty serious knee injury, came back, um, kept Andy Dalton off the field, much to, to Breach's dismay. Very and, uh, dismayed. Yeah, he looked pretty good. I mean, he looked okay. Look, I, I think Justin Fields looks exactly like we should expect Justin Fields to look. Unpolished, high upside, not being utilized the way that he should. Like, why, why are they not? Just, That's look, we're going to find a lot about Justin Fields because he hasn't really had to do anything the first last two weeks because the Bears defense has been so good. Like, they're only giving up 11 half points a game in his two starts. So, Jesus produced two touchdowns and they win. So, but coming up, they have the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the 49ers. So, he's actually going to have to do something. And that's where we're going to find out, uh, you know, how good he is, All right, how good he can be. Let's take a break, a second break. Ooh. And we come back. We'll talk about the Patriots' thrilling victory over the Texans in Houston. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the Patriots are part of a second 22 to 22 tie. Breach actually did a bunch of research for us to find out how many times in 1 p.m. slates there have been multiple 22 to 22 ties. Breach, what did you find out? Well, actually, Brinson, you know, what's funny is that uh, there have been nine 25 to 22 games in NFL history before this week. And we got two. I was completely messing with it. I know you were, but you didn't know I had the stat. He just reversed layup you. We got two on one Sunday. 
So literally, it only happened nine times ever in NFL history, and then we get it in the Texans, Patriots, and Packers, Bengals games. By the way, there's no way to know Breach is lying because he lies so much about his whereabouts when he's out doing his serial killing. So he just made that up off the top of his head, and he did a fantastic job. That is true. But he, I asked a question completely made up off the top of my head, and he, man, maybe we should. Maybe we should take some time apart, guys. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the uh, I, I thought the turning point of this game was pretty obvious. David Cully trots out his kicker. Mute yourself if you're, if you're sniffing. Uh, David Cully trots out his kicker for a 56-yard field goal. Yeah. Up seven points against Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and this cobbled-together offensive group. That is not playing very well. The defense like for the Patriots playing like ass. And he why would you kick that field goal? Punt that. I'm not a punt guy, but punt that. Make Mac Jones go 90 yards on you. Don't give him a short field. And sure enough, literally six real-time minutes later, the text, I mean, the Patriots were in the end zone. The game was tied. And sure enough, the Patriots win 25-22. This is I mean like, like the Texans are terrible. They're, well, the funny Cully's trying. Like they went for it several times, fourth down They're to convert it. With, Lions. What's that? Well, They're yeah, maybe. Yeah. But my point is that Cully went for it several times early in the game on fourth down. They converted, and at one point they were up twenty-two to the nine in the third quarter. And it just seems like he can't get away from his old school coaching style. So you know, we'll kick the field goal instead of punting. Although I don't even know that's old school. That's just like a bad decision. So fifty a breach. What's the Percentage on a 52 yard field goal. I mean, it's not great. It depends who your kickers. Justin Tucker, you know, it's a lot better well, than if 30, you're 39. Let's say it's Garrett Gilbert. 39%. Yeah. Maybe yeah. less. Garrett Gilbert is has you, a zero percent chance of hitting a 56 yard field goal. What if it's Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. 85%. You you punt that there. You punt that and make Mac Jones go 90 yards on you. You do not give him the chance. To get a short field, it, it, I don't know if this matters. I mean, this would be a miserable loss for the Patriots. They're not a good team either. A I think the Texans. Well, Brinson, here you're bearing the lead. Here, here's why you don't kick a 56 yard field because your kicker's been horrible. Uh, the Texans were absolute special teams disaster. Fairbairn missed two extra points in this game before he even got to try the 56 yard field goal. So they wouldn't even been in this position if he had made his extra points. Uh, so that was part of the issue. And then the Texans punter had a zero yard punt oh, in the right. third quarter because he, he kicked the ball off his own lineman and it ricocheted sideways for exactly zero hey, yards. Breach, was your first thought? Oh my God, pick it up and kick it again. Cause that was my first thought. It was, it was, it's amazing that the same situation like almost came up twice considering that like we hadn't seen this ever. And then after that zero yard punt that gave new England the ball at, uh, the Texans 36, they literally didn't do anything. They didn't move any yards and they end up kicking a field goal. So now that 22 to nine is 22 to 12. And then the field, the missed field goal was uh, a couple of possessions later. And then that is when the game got tied and it was just the special teams. You can't have a zero yard punt, two missed extra points <laughs> and a dumb 56 yard field goal. That's it. Cause Davis mills played out of his mind. Yeah. He was 21 to 29, three touchdowns, three and 12 yards. He out, actually outplayed, I think Mac Jones for most of the game. Um, and I don't think this Texas team's that bad. I, I again, I think if like Brandon Staley's coaching them or David Culley in the list of terrible coaches, first year coaches isn't last, but he's he's middle to he's replacement level or worse. He 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 could be doing much better with 
with the opportunities he's had in front of him. He's made some boneheaded decisions, and some of those he's admitted to publicly and apologized for. But um, I think there are a few more to add to the list now. Davis Mills, uh, one of only two rookie quarterbacks in NFL history to throw three or more touchdown passes against the Bill Belichick defense. At Belichick as head coach, Russell Wilson was the other. By and, the way, you know, we always talk about Bill Belichick being awesome because he's rookie quarterbacks. And the stat they gave during the game was uh, a rookie quarterback hasn't beaten a Bill Belichick team since last year when Tua Tonga Bailoa did it. I was like, oh, so it's, it's only but, eight but before Watson did it before and then Russell Wilson did it. But right at one in 12 rookie quarterbacks are one in 12 in their last 13 games against Belichick. Zach Wilson lost this year. The Patriots beat the Chargers and Justin Herbert 45 to nothing last year. I mean, there's some strong wins uh, in there. Just because if he you, lost, you do, he lost if the pass for Survivor. You're feeling very good because you kind of stole one. Yeah. Moving along, this is a kind of a crazy game. Saints 33, Washington 22. Um, <laughs> started with the Jameis interception, as they all do. Jameis, Jameis looked. He he had a fumble and a pick, but he started slinging the ball around. The Washington defense is horrendous. Did you see the, the Hail Mary at halftime? Yeah. It was they didn't like they even all, try. It, jump. I think it, it, it felt like even jump. It felt like all their feet were stuck in the ground. And um, who caught it? I don't remember. Oh, it was uh, Marquis yeah, Callaway yeah, caught yeah. it. Yeah. He, he was the one that timed his jump properly. But it's still, if you watch it, when he caught it, it hit him in the chest and he sort of wrapped his arms around it. So no one high pointed it Ooh. other than, than him. So yeah. Look at this stat for the Debo has for the YouTube folks. Hey, where did, uh, where did Drew Brees' hair go? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. He did. Where do you get his hair plugs? Um, last, uh, like if you compare Drew Brees 2020 versus Jameis Winston's 2021. And again, you can watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you listen to this podcast, just go subscribe. You don't have to actually watch it, but subscribe. Three and two, both of them. Jameis, 0.1 yards per attempt higher. Three more touchdowns, same interceptions, and six points higher in the passer rating. Is Jameis an James is not an upgrade, right? By the way, uh, Taysom Hill got he was concussed, had to leave the game. On a, uh, it was here's the thing if, if he had caught it, I, I get why the defensive back um made the tackle. It was just it, it was unfortunate. Anyway, he's out, so I don't know who the backups I think. Um, uh, what's his name from Notre Dame who they drafted? It's the it's Ian Book, but either yeah. way, it feels like James has thrown more interceptions than Drew Brees only because they're the most James type interceptions ever like crazy arm punts where he's falling backwards or whatever. Uh, but this stat line, again, feels like week one where they blew the doors off the Packers. He was only 15 to 30, 279, four touchdowns, one interception. It's not like he's throwing the ball 50 times a game and, and completing 75% of his passes. So um, Alvin Kamara had a big game. That certainly helps. 51 receiving yards, 71 rushing yards, touchdowns on both. But the yeah. series touchdown was like, it, it wasn't garbage time, but it was a uh... – a little dump off from Jameis, and he just – Washington's defense is I – don't, I don't understand how that defense with the exact same players and even drafting a first-round linebacker is immeasurably worse than they were a year ago. No, no not immeasurably. They were top five last year, and they're okay. bottom five right now. And not just the Hail Mary. They gave up a 72-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, they are terrible. And it, it doesn't – but like – if it were sort of a fluke blip where they were really good last year randomly because, you know, DC came in and then he moved on or something like that, that would make sense. It's Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera consistently has good defenses year over year. And this team, this defense sucks. It's unbelievable. Taylor Heineke wasn't good either. Like, I don't know. 
This is a terrible year for. Oh, teams. you know what we should do right now? We should just admit that we whiffed massively on the uh, NFC East. Yeah, I say it all the time. The three Cowboys are rolling in the division. My three concerns about the Cowboys are Dak Prescott, the defense, and Mike McCarthy, and all of them are hitting home runs to varying degrees. So yeah, Jameis. I don't think it's uh, sustainable. I don't. I don't buy. I don't know if I buy into this offense that they're running in New Orleans. I think it's. Well, I mean, it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. It only works every other week because it's the full Jameis Winston experience where he's garbage one week and then looks he has like an better MVP. stats than Drew Brees. <sighs> yeah, and Drew Brees wasn't great last year. It's like it's like. Did they go to the playoffs last year? It's yeah. like uh, you the playoffs with a bad quarterback. Wilson, you're from North Carolina. Correct. Did you ride a go kart as a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Do you remember when go karts had governors? Oh yeah, you should take them off. Right. So for those that don't know, Breach, you know what a governor is? Yeah, it's restriction speed. Correct. Come on. James Winston on the Saints is just a go kart with a governor. Sean Payton's like tampering down the speed a little bit, but he's still doing the same stuff, but it's less egregious. You know what I'm saying? Right. When he was at Tampa Bay, he was a Yugo driving 110. I, exactly. I'll do whatever I want. And now he, like, go look at his next-gen stats. You can't, if you go to his chart, you can't see where the two of the touchdowns land because they're so far down the field. But then he has, like, it, it, it's, it looks like a like a manic depressive built this chart. Or, or like a bipolar person. Which it, 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 it's, it, it's not sustainable. They cannot, they cannot live like this on offense. They cannot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right, but they're not winning the division. And the question becomes are they going to have a, they're going to be one of the four teams trying to get the final wild card spot? Yeah, they're going to, they're going to grind to get in the playoffs. I would take the Saints over the Panthers for sure. So, yeah, so it's going to be the Cowboys. Um, Devo just messaged me. He said we should go to London. So let's close up the, close up the pod. We'll go to the flights, go to London. (laughs) So quickly. So Cowboys are winning the division. Cardinals or Rams are going to the playoffs. The Packers are winning the division, and then it's going to come down. And the Bucks are winning the division, so it'll come down to the Saints, the Panthers, the Seahawks or 49ers. It's going to be uh, the NFC West, and then the wild cards are going to be in melee. Yeah, so I, I think they, they they can sustain this enough to get into the playoff conversation and probably make the playoffs. If I gave you Saints minus one twenty five to make the playoffs, would you bet it? Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, who else is going? The Bears, the Vikings, the Panthers. I think it's Packers only in that division. Seahawks. Yeah, you got to you see two. the Bears sneaking in. Well, you taking them maybe, over? Maybe the, the Vikings. I could see the Vikings sneak in. Are you taking either of those teams over the Saints? Is my question. Yeah, mm, maybe. All right. So, can't stand three here. Miz games. We're going to roll through here, starting with London Falcons twenty-seven, Jets twenty. Meh. I had forgotten what life. I mean, I had forgotten what life was like at 9.30 in the morning. That feels like it was three days ago. It started at 8.30 a.m. for me, Brenton. I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to eat breakfast during this podcast or after this podcast and during the first game we watched. Um, I actually fell asleep on my couch trying to watch it. And I woke up and Kyle Pitts was in the end zone with the football. I was like, yes, I bet him first touchdown. Let's go. And yeah, I, he finally had a breakout game. That was his first touchdown catch of his NFL season. career. Cordell Patterson had a concussion. They brought him back in. I don't know what the concussion protocol is anymore, but he's an important part of what they do because it's they were... different in England. Correct. <laughs> Anything goes down here, Wilson. 
Oh my God. Better than Australia. <laughs> yeah. You know where England is by any chance? It's not down anywhere. It's near uh, uh, South Korea, right? <laughs> exactly. You know the capital of South Korea? Seal. Seal. There it is. <laughs> um, th- th- this game involves two teams that don't matter. Do you Next. guys want to spend more than 30 seconds on it? Matt Ryan was awesome. Kyle Matt Pitts was awesome. Ryan well, Matt Ryan's playing well. Zach Wilson was not. Jets had a chance to win. Robert Sala thought he might get his first win. He did not. I feel bad for him. Oh, he yeah, had his first um, win. He actually won last week. That's fine. Yeah, to get a second win. His first win in, in London, I should say. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson threw a terrible interception, and he's just got to quit doing it, but he's a rookie, and this year sort of really doesn't even matter. So live and learn, move on. I think when you watch Zach Wilson play, you see the traits of a quarterback you want on your football team. Zach Wilson leads the NFL athletically. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know maybe. if he's going to run a Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, maybe is, is exactly right. I think that's the right response. Yeah, maybe. The Bucks beat maybe. the pants off the Dolphins, forty-five to seventeen. This spread, this spread was 45, ten. Forty-four. How old is he? Forty-five, seventeen. The spread was ten, and I I love twenty. I mean, there's no way that the Dolphins so that offense. He's going to have a chance. Tom, Tom Brady clearly affected by the emotional uh, issue. Like, clearly an emotional letdown from going to Foxborough and then going to be oh, yeah. He was throwing bombs all over the place. No, like, Gronk, Gronk didn't play. It was Mike, is the Mike Evans Antonio Brown show. The, the Dolphins are awful. Awful. And again, and look, I get it because I, I was part of this crew. You could have had Justin Herbert. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, that's it's you can't. I don't think we can do as it. bad as the Dolphins were, though. This was a 24 17 game going into the fourth quarter, yes. And then it ended up being 45 17. But, <laughs> but at no same. point did as exactly at no point did the Dolphins were they winning this game breach. Well, oh, no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they kept it interesting for three quarters, which is a lot more than I think anyone thought they were going to do. When it was 24 to 17, I thought, oh man, Tom Brady, they're, they're going to feed Leonard Fournette. And just get out of here with a win and not worry about the cover. And then Tom Brady went nuke bomb on, on the Dolphins. First game in Tom Brady's career, his 21-year career, where he had five touchdown passes and 400 or more passing yards. All right, so let me ask you this real quickly on, on Brady and the Bucks. The Dol- I don't think the Dolphins matter for the AFC at all. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I really, I mean, like, you think? Is, is that obvious or is that? Yeah, they're terrible. They won ten games last year. They're one and four. No one thought they were winning ten games this year. They won. They won ten games because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I want to look up Breach's playoff picks. You better not have him as a wild card breach. The Dolphins no. are not in no, my. No one thinks. I that. promise you people, that. You, people were picking the Dolphins to win the division. Not me and Breach. Bad pickers. Yeah, exactly. By what the way, where's when is Tua coming back? Do we know that? Never. They're, they're trading him to second. retire. Jeez. My Jeez. question. My question is this: Do we think that what's happening with the because? Leading into the season, the discussion was, oh, gosh, what? Um, Debo put in Slack that the Dolphins' preseason win total was nine, which is insane that anyone would go over nine. People were betting the over. People were betting the Dolphins would win. They should listen to me in breach because it was quite clear I that with they didn't like the Dolphins. What it was clear. It was clear as. Don't make me a Dolphins guy. I'm out of the you're, Dolphins. You're trying to prop them up, but the you're fact the, that you were ever in on the Dolphins, I was saying that the, the win total was huge. And that they were like a sneaking up as the second favorite to win the division. Why? Their quarterback is a huge question mark, and here we are. Well, the quarterback's not healthy. My question, which is more relevant to the current 2021 NFL season, 
do we so the thing we talked about leading up to the season was that Tom Brady in the second half of the year down the stretch granted against bad defenses and then you know through the playoffs was okay but started to find his stride with AB with Mike Evans Chris Godwin like the offense started getting rolling is there a chance that the Buccaneers are about to just unleash hell on people I think they're doing it I, I mean I'm saying like is they have one loss right yeah. What if you were if you you reset their over under for their win total this year? What would it be? Uh 12 and a half. I'll take the over. I don't know what it was before though. That's just the wins over yeah, Wilson. 11 and a half. Yeah. Or 17 games. I would probably take the under. Yeah, so 12, 12 and a half. Well, what are you setting it at? Do you think the Bucks are going 12 and 5? Maybe. Yeah, I guess that's why he's going under. I'll take the over on 13 and a half. Just to play him with fire. You, yeah, and don't forget, Brinson took the over on nine wins for the Dolphins. So, <laughs> you're such a liar. Ooh. Oh, I mean, no, I think you're right though about the Buccaneers because last year it took about th- two months to get uh, acclimated to Bruce Arians' offense, and then everything was they won ten games in a row until they lost their their first game this season, um, going back to you know the middle of last year. So, yeah, I think they're absolutely on fire. Breach likes the, the Cowboys a little better, and that's fine too. I mean, that would th- that game was incredibly close in Week One. And I'm sure they'll play again at some point if these two two teams keep going in the, uh, on their same trajectory. Right. But yeah, I could absolutely see the Buccaneers winning every game by an average of 17 points going forward. Okay, so I'm just curious about this. You're going to have to help me do some math here. Tom Brady, come because I'm looking at Pro Football Reference, it's not updated for today's games. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady coming into today's games, 1356 passing yards today. Tom Brady went for, I believe, 411. What's that number, Wilson? That'll give you a cool 1767. 1767, said the man from Carnegie Mellon. How many games did he play? Five? Yeah. Five by five is 353.4. Dang. Wait, 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 wait. How many passing yards does he have in the first five games of the season? 1767. What? How many passing yards do you think he had in 2007 through five weeks? 2007? Oh. Uh, AKA, AKA the nuclear, we're blitzing everyone to oblivion season. 1980. Okay. They had less. Wilson? Um, I'm going to say 1,600. 1,383. Jeez. By the way, do you know what he's, what he's on pace for? How many, t- how many, t- wait, how many touchdowns do you have? All right. Hold on. Sorry, that's my fault. I should look that up. He's on pace for 80 touchdowns. How many touchdowns do you have today? He's Four. on pace for 6,000 yards. Breach. You're supposed to guess, not just that do was the math. That was my guess. 6,000. Oh, that's right. 6,007. <laughs> See, I'm uh, wrong. Yards. He had five touchdowns today. So he currently has 15, he has 15 touchdowns right now. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's going to win. 2007. Actually, he had more, I think. Yeah, he gets 16 touchdowns. Tom Brady, at age, whatever the hell he is, he may be a cyborg. You're just now coming around on that. No, but he is. He is on. He's gonna break his 2007 stats. Uh, that. Yeah, he's. And he hasn't played the. They played the Falcons once. Would you be willing to do that and have to give up everything and just eat, like you know? non-carb, bland food for the last 20 years to be Tom Brady? Would you do that? Yes, I would trade lives with Tom Brady. Like, you could never have beer. <laughs> you, could, you could never have ice cream. And like you, you only have... eat quinoa. 
you can only eat quinoa and you know just bland food. I mean that's that's a prison in a and sort of way. And you go to bed at eight thirty every night. Eight thirty, so you can't be on the podcast. <laughs> that's that's not a selling point, breach. I mean, <laughs> just to be clear, you're asking me if I would trade lives with Tom Brady. But it it doing? requires an unbelievable amount of restraint. You can't slip up once. If you slip up once, then you become <laughs> Freddie Kitchens. Tebow's in full troll mode. Well, I've actually done the well, Tom Brady diet for like a week. Well, what'd you and like? you were hospitalized because your body rejected it. <laughs> exactly. That's how, and yada yada yada. I got hair plugs. Um, <laughs> hey, that that's part of the Tom Brady plan. Let me ask you this: Would you rather have Tom Brady's weapons in 2007? Wes Welker, Randy Moss, it's a good uh, question. Ben Watson, Dante Stallworth, Jabbar Gaffney, Kyle Brady was on that team. Lawrence Maroney was a running back. Kevin Falk was a running back. Or would you rather have? The, I think the, I think the 2021 Bucks weapons are in in now this is important in totality better. I think so too. No, I, obviously I, I, the 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 best weapon is Randy Moss. So that year, Wes Walker had 145 targets, 112 Wes receptions. Wes Walker was a monster. Had 112 receptions for 1175 yards, eight touchdowns, and of course Moss had 90. Moss had 160 targets, 98 catches, 1493 yards, and 23 touchdowns. If you if you take Wes Welker's numbers for there's like a three year span, it's he actually has better numbers than Calvin Johnson. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, because he had a quarterback that wasn't getting murdered every drop back. I'm just saying that Welker is treated as this system guy like Edelman, but he was a monster. And he and Brady had this rapport where they just knew how they were doing the, the option routes. I would take the Bucks in totality over the 07 Pats. Yeah, I think so. Breach. I'll take the 2021 Bengals. <laughs> Give me Jamar Chase every day of the week. Jamar Chase is better than Randy. I Bengals. would take the Patriots. I knew he was going to say that. He's so Wait, contrarian. Would you say you'll take the Patriots? Yeah. 2007 Patriots. Over the 21 bucks? Yes. We're talking about the, are we talking about the whole entire team or just the offense? Just, no, the, just, just the, the wide receivers. The, yeah. the pass catchers. Oh. Mm, it's a little closer. I'll go Patriots. It's like talking. It's like talking to your grandmother. He's been asleep for thirty minutes. I know. <laughs> Where am I? You guys got sidetracked and lost me. Final, qu- final, final question. Googling cat pictures. Have you uh, have you watched Squid Game? By the way, spoiler alert: No. Because <laughs> I, I got ninety minutes of Squid Game talk that we can do. Uh, I haven't watched it either. I just want to take a nap. I want to make sure Deba knows. Let's he- chat, Brinson. Episode six. Let's chat, Squid Game. Okay. Well, we can't do spoilers now. Oh, Might be gosh. tough. What do we have? One game left. Let's yeah. talk Urban Meyer. You will have fun with that. Yeah, save the best for last. Nice try, Diva. Just so you know, I got the nuclear codes. Titans thirty-seven, Jaguars nineteen. The Jaguars are down seven nothing within one minute. Literally one minute. No, it was exactly one minute. They were they uh, somebody fumbled. Titans took it to the house. Oh, actually, got, maybe they got stopped. Whatever it was, the, the Jaguars are terrible. Jaguars are trash. I so, think they're very good, but the Jaguars are trash. 20 yeah. straight losses is the second longest streak in NFL history. So they had a, a, a chance late in the, for, in the fourth quarter to, to make the game close. I don't think it was the tie, but to make the game close. And Urban Meyer, they ran some crazy play with, with um, Carlos Hyde. James Robinson was in the lineup. And uh, he got like, tackled for a three-yard loss because, of course, he did. So Meyer was asked about it after the game because he's the head coach. He's supposed to be in charge. 
And here's what he said. I'm curious what you guys think about this. So Meyer said, uh, I, the Trevor Lawrence sneak thing. I just, well, a couple things. I just met with uh, OC uh, Daryl Bevel and we talked about it. This is the fourth down play with Carlos Hyde. I don't micromanage who's in the game. I should have. James Robinson is running really hard, but so is Carlos, Carlos Hyde. I've got to find out if something was dinged up with James on that situation. So the head coach has no idea. The offensive-minded head coach, by the way, has no idea what's going on on a critical fourth down play that could get them back in the game in the fourth quarter. And then he went on to say the quarterback sneak, he's not quite comfortable with that yet. Uh, Trevor Lawrence ran the ball in during that game. So I'm not sure what he's talking about. We've been practicing that. Urban Meyer, this via Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, Urban Meyer on why there wasn't a quarterback sneak for Trevor Lawrence from the six-inch line. Quote, he's not quite comfortable with that yet. I know that might sound silly, but if you've never done it, it's something that we need to keep working on so that we can make that call in that situation. What do you? What, what were they doing the in training camp? Is, it, this is like every new thing that comes out is is not not weird. It, it, it's crazier it, than the one that preceded it. Yeah, but like, I mean, this is obviously not crazier than what happened last weekend in Ohio. No, just like the on-field JLC report stuff. It's like just. Yeah, but it's, like, it's like like what do you mean, Urban? What do you mean, Urban? Trevor Lawrence doesn't know how to quarterback sneak. Let's. Well, they were supposed to actually talk about it on the plane run home from Cincinnati. <laughs> so, what would you say? Let's say Trevor Lawrence. He was three years at Clemson, I believe. Right. Yep. Yep. What would you say uh, if you were? Uh, that's actually his uh, NFL stats. I'm. I'm trying to find. I want to know how many rushing yards and rushing touchdowns do you think he had in three years at Clemson? I mean, a lot because he ran it, but scrambling or calling a QB draw or something is different than a QB. I'm not saying that. He's 6'6". But you're like putting yourself in a pile where you can get mangled. But wait a second. Preach. It's a weird thing to say. He should be doing either Urban Meyer or Trevor Warren. Something's messed up here. He had 18 rushing touchdowns in three years. What do you mean he's not ready to run a quarterback sneak? How many of them came on a QB sneak? Well, Breach, my analytics say that I don't, I don't even know. Well, I'm saying the stat doesn't mean anything if we don't know. What do you mean he's not ready for? Then why were you doing a quarterback competition? He ran a competition with Gardner Minshew, who you traded for a six-round pick. And he scored a rushing touchdown in the game Sunday, dum-dum. Tyron Mathieu. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got to say? (laughs) That's the best mistake Brent's Uh, ever made. Well, Trevor Lawrence was asked about it. Oh, that's your comeback, Tyron Mathieu. Then you go, oh, wait, what did Trevor Lawrence say? He didn't actually say that. I know, I know. (laughs) Trevor said, no, I feel comfortable. Obviously, I haven't run it in a game, but I feel comfortable. No, the QB sneak is something we can always get to, and I feel comfortable with. So you just dunked on yourself with that. What are you talking about? Trevor Lawrence was asked about Urban's comments after Urban said the comments and was like. No, all I said was like, I can understand why Urban's saying that, but I said it's weird. I can't. It's weird that like. If he honestly, for whatever reason, feels that his quarterback has a problem, clearly they have a communication issue because Trevor does not have a problem with it. But if Urban thought that his quarterback had a problem with it, you're not going to call a play that your quarterback doesn't want to run. So that, that was my point. That doesn't mean I agree with Urban Meyer. That I'm just saying that, like, I see you understand why he's, why he's being an idiot. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Because it sounded like you agreed with him. No, I do not agree. Like. It's a so you're, you're giving him a pass for being a dumbass. No, I said either Urban Meyer or Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is is like lying about this. And so based on the track record of people who lie in that organization, I'm going to guess it's not Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so you agree with us? <laughs> yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying yes. For someone who's trying to get off this podcast, you're doing a terrible job of it, Bree. <laughs> what? 
what what week are we recapping? Five. Do you know Six. how many apologies, public apologies Urban Meyer has issued this five. year? Five. We're in week five. Uh, this is is this what what's the what is the biggest disaster non Freddy Kit is this what's the biggest disaster hire? This is way worse than Freddie Kitchens. Ask, ask me next week after they play the Dolphins right. in London. Because the Dolphins are bad. If they if they beat Miami, why do you think what are you talking about the Dolphins? What? What? They're playing the Dolphins on Sunday. If they lose to Miami and they go into their bye winless, then it's why wouldn't they be winless a week from now? But what is the, the Dolphins are horrible? So if they beat this one and four team in London, then everything's fine? No, you have a win though. It's not as bad as Freddie Kitchens or Hugh Jackson. It's like look at your wife be like, I have a nickel. Like, this is by the way, this is way worse than Steve Weish in Arizona. The no. Dolphins are oh wait, no, no, no. Steve, Steve, Steve Weish. Yeah. yeah, what's his name? Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. <laughs> Sorry, Steve Weish. Although you can you can probably do a bit. Not me. I yeah. I have to cut I, that I, and put it on social media. Steve Weish is a man, by the way. Yeah, I, I would imagine he'd do a better job coaching the Jaguars. Uh than, yeah. But Steve Wilkes, this this doesn't even compare. No. I'm trying to think of who the one year. All right, I got one for you. What how many all right? So this, I'm asking this. Who wins more games than the 2021 Jaguars? Urban Meyer or Adam Gase? Adam Gase. I wholeheartedly agree. This is this ranks right up there. However, this plane crash ends. This is be Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino giving a press conference in a neck brace with his face all scuffed up because he was on a motorcycle with someone that wasn't his but wife. That was after he left the Falcons midseason and left a note in the locker room. It was like, hey, y'all, sorry, peace. Peace. That's right. Because yeah, Vic, this- Vic got arrested. He was like, oh, I'm screwed. He bounced on a motorcycle. He didn't know how to ride, apparently. All right. I, I'm kind of, I don't want to, I don't, uh, I don't want to get yelled at by, well, actually, Shelly Meyer deleted her Twitter, so I don't care. If Urban Meyer quits, the Jaguars this season and claims health reasons. He, sh- I feel like it's okay to say he should not get away with that. What if he's really sick this time? Then you look like a real big jerk. Yeah, you would. I'm just saying that if why, and why, why do you care whether he gets away with it or not? He's right. still going to be rich. Like, it and it, it, just well, let him leave the NFL and he can tuck his tail like, between his legs and go back to college. It's BS that he did this press conference. He's like, oh, you know what? I, I went to that. I went to that restaurant. They tried to drag me to the dance floor. I should have walked away. But he's always going to be the guy, whether you get your vindication or not, that every oh, time... He, like, that's not okay. But every time he walks by a group of people, they're going to snigger and laugh that, oh, that's the guy that got the the dance from the that young dude, woman. Dude, he was like, bail, 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 bail. Um, Why? I, I, I just think it's, it's like he... Do you see the Onion article they did on Urban? No. Because <laughs> he goes... The headline was like, Urban Urban apologizes for being slow to catch up on NFL news cycle for apologies or <laughs> like something like that. He's like he's like listen in college usually I can do a one statement and it's kind of buried under the rug and here it's a little different I'm not used to it I'm trying to catch I'm trying to get up to speed I'll be there in a couple of weeks guys yeah I don't know if he needs to pay for anything he's sort of I don't I don't, his- want, I don't want to pay for anything I just think if he walks away it's and then it's like I I'm sick it's BS. Okay, that's fine. I, I think he probably regrets a lot of the things he's done the last ten days. Yeah, and maybe longer than that well, because it's Jason doesn't. 
as as Jason Lancafora has been reporting for some time, things have been sort of wacky since the summer in terms of how that place is is like crazy town. So yeah, it's a mess. It's a hot Just mess. Just like this podcast. So let's and sort of shadowed in all this is that the Titans haven't been playing very good football. The Titans are not good. If if the Jaguars are if the Jaguars were 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 within one score, I think in the third quarter. If Jacksonville played competent football, this would have ah. been a close game. Because like the first play of the or what the first possession, Jacksonville fumbled it and the Tennessee returned it for a touchdown. So it's already seven nothing. The play Ryan's talking about the QB sneak was a fourth and goal at the one yard line. If Jacksonville converts there, it's 31 26 in the fourth quarter. Uh but they went forward on fourth down. Like it was just but if Jacksonville had won the game, they would have been one game out of first place. Correct. Should we bet on the <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever asked in the history. Yeah, don't just don't don't even finish that. Thing, Wilson's gone, so he can't make fun of me. He's peeing for the second time on this podcast. No. If you're gonna put money on a long shot, put it on one, Houston. 70 to one breach. Who you feel better about? Houston or Jacksonville? They're at the same odds right there. That both plus seven thousand. I, I wasn't gonna answer that question. <laughs> I, think, I would take Houston over Jacksonville. I would too. I would too. Jacksonville mess. The Titans are Titans are probably winning that division. I might take the Colts. Eh, two and a half to one is not enough. All right, let's get to winners and losers. And we're going to play a little game of chicken here because you're going to start, and we'll see how quickly Wilson can get back to his empty blue lit chair. Who's your biggest winner from week five? You know what, Brinson? My winner is Jameis Winston. Look, we saw the stats. James Winston is as good as Drew Brees. The Saints upgraded at quarterback, and everyone in America who watched that game today, which wasn't much because I think it was only one of those games is only on like 2% of the country. But we got the full Jameis Winston experience. That first quarter, we got a Jameis interception. We got a Jameis fumble. And then Jameis bounced back, and he peaked with a 72-yard touchdown pass, a Hail Mary, threw two more touchdown passes in the second half. The man threw four touchdowns against a crappy Washington defense but you know what Jameis has looked for the most part pretty good and the Saints are three and two and I didn't ever think I would call Jameis Winston my winner any week this season but I'm giving it to Jameis Wilson do you have a winner from week five for us if you don't I'm happy to go ahead I got one okay the Los Angeles Chargers and in particular Justin Herbert huge win Brandon Staley and Brandon Staley, yeah, he should be at the top of that list. Huge win against a really, really good football team in Cleveland. And uh, it was touch and go the whole game. The, the, the game went back and forth. The Justin Herbert finished with uh, 398 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, um, and just wearing out defenses. And that Browns defense is, is really, really good. And uh, I think these guys are going to win the division. And I think my guy, Justin Herbert, is going to end up being the MVP. And he will dunk on breach when he accepts the award in January. Ooh, now... There's a there's a question. Should if Justin Herbert wins MVP, clearly this that tattoo is not happening before January. Um, would that nullify the tattoo? No. Someone tweeted at me and Breach tonight asking what the update was in the tattoo. Of course, Breach didn't respond, but I said it's still waiting for him. There we go. Thank you. Rayburn McCray says my loser is Breach for not coming through on the tattoo design. <laughs> oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a. <laughs> Muscle and there is complete <laughs> elation. Hamstring or a muscle. I love it. My, love it. my winner is the band Wilco. What? I'm just kidding. It's a dad rock joke. Tom Brady's 44, and this dude is dropping bombs all over. He went down to Miami and 
put a nuclear warhead on his old buddy Brian Flores and the Dolphins defense by throwing for 411 yards and five touchdowns. He's 44. 44. He is four years older than me. He's four years younger than Breach. He's 17 younger, 17 years younger than Wilson. Just four. I mean, the you, point you, this at 44 and he gets tackled. He's so limber. It's unbelievable. Tom Brady is redefining everything we know. And I really think what we were saying earlier with the Buccaneers that his stats and what they're doing and because of their schedule and because they're going to be a dogfight with the Packers for the number one seed in the, in the NFC and you need that number one seed to get the buy that Tom Brady may shatter every conceivable passing record this year because he's linked up with this vodka root beer slugging lunatic no risk it no biscuit Bruce Arians and they're just chunking it deep and they don't care and he's I mean he's 44 and he's doing this it's insane he has three Hall of Fame careers Breach your loser Uh, my loser is a group of people called kickers (laughs) it pains my heart to say that uh, but look, we all saw what happened in week five. There were 24 missed kicks. Ryan mentioned the 12 missed extra points, which is tied for the most ever in a single week in the Super Bowl era in NFL history. So that record could break on Monday night if either Indianapolis or the Ravens ends up missing an extra point. But it was an ugly week. Not only did we have 12 missed extra points, also, 12 missed field goals. The Packers and Bengals combined for six missed kicks. The Texans and Patriots combined for five mi- or four missed kicks. So just missed kicks everywhere. I mean, it was just kicks going but wide right, kicks going Patriots, wide left. Didn't they miss their like first three extra points or four extra points? The Texans missed their first two. But the Patriots missed. Oh their- yeah, no, yeah, all three touchdowns. The first three touchdowns in that game all had missed extra points. Person, yes, correct. So. Uh, it was a sad day for fans of special teams everywhere, including myself. And so I guess I can include myself on the loser list. Kickers and breach. Are you crying? <laughs> was, I mean, it was like fake rubbing a tear away. That was I was adding emotion to my story. And and the Bengals lost despite the other team's kicker missing twenty seven times. Twenty seven field goals. <laughs> Is this the oh, longest okay. ever? Is that, wait, wait, is that Divas? It's official. It's official. Uh, really? Oh, we did it! Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, Imagine still- if we started. Okay, I'm done with winners and losers. I can go good night. Yep. <laughs> You're a loser. You're sticking here. All right, Wilson, who you got? Look, I could say the Chiefs here, but I know the Chiefs are actually a good football team. We'll get better. So I'm going with the obvious choice and one that I may stick with for some time. Uh, the Jaguars. Urban okay. Meyer is an absolute train wreck. Shad Khan was... Um, short-sighted for Bamboozled? no, I think he, I, I, he, look, we talked about it before. He's a, he's, I think he's a billionaire. He, yeah. he, yeah, he built his company by himself and to be blinded by urban Meyer college coach, who has been an absolute disaster in Jacksonville and clearly overwhelmed and, and out of his element. It, it's just straight up. It, it's nuts. And this is worse than Freddie Kitchens. This is worse than Steve Wilkes. This is worse than Hugh Jackson during his 0-22 streak or whatever it was. This is like straight up like embarrassing. We've been doing this since like 08, right? Yeah. I don't, re- I don't remember a worse 
a coaching hire. Like even uh, Rod Mar- Rod Marinelli, when he went uh, winless in Detroit, it wasn't from lack of trying. It was just from lack of talent. It also wasn't five weeks in. You're like, should, should this guy just walk away? It's unbelievable. Uh, my loser will be Joe Joseph Judge. Ooh. And I feel bad about this, but and this is not like like Joe Judge sucks and he's a loser, but um, <laughs> the tryhard thing where he makes everybody sprint, everything's sort of backfiring on him in an unfortunate way. Saquon Barkley suffered an ankle injury that looked really bad. It was swollen to the point that it, it I mean, it, you know, it looked like a goiter on his on his ankle. Um, he's probably not going to be around for a few weeks. That's a dagger. Daniel Jones was wobbling around the field because Jason Garrett called two power runs or three power, two power runs. And then did the obvious thing and optioned out Daniel Jones to the left. Like everyone knew he would do. And the Cowboys knew they stopped it and he got hit hard. Uh, he was carted off. Uh, Kadarius Tony, the number one draft pick had a monster game, 189 receiving yards, but then he got dejected because he punched someone's helmet with his hand. Mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay, their high price free agent signing dealt with a hamstring injury all preseason. Now is dealing with a knee injury. Sterling Shepard didn't play. Darius Slayton didn't play. Everyone's hurt. They're one in four. And I think that Joe Judge's uh, aggressive turbo Nick Saban, Bill Belichick Jr. Act will wear very thin if this team keeps losing games and it will probably end poorly. And Dave Gettleman, in an, in an attempt to save his job, will scapegoat Joe Judge and the Maros will probably keep Dave Gettleman and he'll sign Saquon Barkley to an extension and Joe Judge can go back to coaching special teams somewhere. Mm. Sorry, Joe. Joseph. That's it. That's the that show. was the Brenton 2 a.m. rant special. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad coach. It's just not going to work out. It's not you. It's, it's, uh, it's me. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's the show thanks for watching record breaking recap uh i can't wait to uh my buddy darren smith in san diego do radio with him every monday and he always he always announces as i come on the length of this show mm. yeah correct two that's hours and 16 minutes can you my believe God. It? see you boys later